This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. On a Monday morning, pleased to be with you. Um, A lot to dive into uh, after this day in the NFL on Sunday. I always promote our final segment in our first segment. I don't know why I started doing that but whatever we'll week 15 recap a little later on and uh, the Jets with what I already Kyle Quinn and I had already discussed this I say the worst win in the history of the National Football there's no question there's there's no question it was so Jets it hurts <laughs> like um that they would win that game and take themselves out of the position to draft a guy who is Already, I'd say, what, a top eight quarterback in the world? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is that good. He, he's the best college prospect I've ever seen. I, I would agree 100%. And it's just funny because of all teams, it's against the Rams. Like, it's not like they just get, like, you know, they play some bad team. Right. And they, you know, they get their win against what they had. The Rams were, what, nine and four? Yeah, boy genius <laughs> McVay out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll get to our week uh, weekly recap later on. Plenty of stuff to get to, but obviously we'll start. With the Eagles' loss in Arizona, the Cardinals, 33-26. to And for weeks, I had come on and started with another terrible, awful Eagles performance. I don't really feel that way this week. I didn't really feel that way last week. I didn't really feel that way the week before. You know, you look at this game, Eagles lose the Cardinals 33-26 to in what was certainly a wild game. Um, absolutely an entertaining game. And depending on what you think is best for the organization, some will look at it as a bad result, as it does hurt the Eagles' playoff chances. You know, I still look at things. I still think there is a very legitimate chance, despite what the numbers say, percentages, I think I saw Kornacki at like 8%. By the way, there's no point in that Kornacki guy being on Sunday Night Football broadcast. I mean, stick to politics. We know how playoff seedings work. We don't need Steve Kornacki um, giving us the percentage chances. I'd much rather Mike Florio with his news and notes on what's going on around the league. Um, But I think the Eagles are technically at like an 8% chance right now. I personally think it is higher than that at this point. I still think there is a legitimate chance that the Eagles uh, get in the postseason and win the NFC East. But now a Washington win over Carolina next week, and it's over. So, you know, bad in that regard that the Eagles' playoff hopes take a a, a bit of a hit and they do not 
control their own destiny heading into these final two games at Dallas next week and then at um, Washington at the link uh, to close out the season. But a good result in the eyes of others who think it's best for the Eagles to lose out, lose as many games as possible down the stretch, and get the highest draft pick uh, possible as we head in to this offseason that you know, could be used on a guy like Jamar Chase from LSU, who is widely considered to be the top receiver in the draft. Um, part of what dropped Justin Jefferson's stock is that some thought that, you know, Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall made Justin Jefferson look a lot better than he actually was. Now, it's starting to appear that wasn't the case. It's starting to look like Justin Jefferson just is that good on his own merit, but... Jamar Chase is still very highly regarded as a difference-making wide receiver and could potentially be that for somebody, whoever ends up selecting him in the NFL draft uh, this upcoming April. So for those people who think getting the highest draft pick possible, this is a a positive result for them. And we will discuss both sides, playoff hopes, draft possibilities, all that stuff. We'll get to all of it. But let's face it at this point. Let's face the facts here. All of that stuff goes to the background once again. Because we got more serious issues to deal with at this point. As for really the third consecutive week coming off an Eagles game, the story is Jalen Hurts who continues to be wildly impressive. In his third straight week of extended action, his second consecutive start, and in many ways, what he did on Sunday afternoon in Arizona was, in my mind, Jalen Hurts' most impressive performance yet, and it's really not even close. As good as he was last week against New Orleans, the top-rated defense in the NFL going up into that game, Uh, you know, a defense that features Cameron Jordan and Malcolm Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore and all of these guys that are star-studded talent and a defense that had been playing at a very high level, what he did on Sunday, to me, was more impressive than that. Because you look at that Saints game, that was a game where everything kind of worked in Jalen Hurts' favor. Everything kind of worked in the Eagles' favor. From the start of that game, the defense played well early on. The Eagles were able to get a lead early and stick with a somewhat conservative game plan. You know, Doug went into the game hoping for that exact scenario, that they could get a lead They could utilize Jalen Hurts' legs. They could kind of take the ball out of his hands to a degree. You know, you could let him make decisions, but you didn't really have to push the ball down the field all that much with Jalen Hurts unless, you know, you dial up a deep deep ball here and there. You didn't really have to do a lot of that kind of stuff unless you felt like it last week against the Saints. And to Jalen Hurts' credit, he executed that game, game plan rather well. Um... 
very nearly to perfection, excluding that fumble at the end of the game that could have proven to be costly. But this game on Sunday was a different situation entirely. As the Eagles fall behind, in part due to Jalen Hurts, a rookie mistake on the first possession, offensively. Uh, Safety, where you're getting pressure on a third down, Jalen Hurts makes a rookie mistake not getting outside the tackle box to throw the ball away, throws it away while he's still in the pocket, two points for Arizona. So in part, the Eagles falling into that deficit is on Jalen Hurts by committing a mistake that you in some ways expect out of a rookie quarterback. The defense then gets carved up on the ensuing possession. Kyler Murray goes right down the field, walking in for a touchdown. Boom, 9-0 Cardinals. Then, a blocked punt for a touchdown. And at that point, the Eagles are down 16-0 almost immediately. And, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but at that point, it's looking like this thing could get really ugly. Like, that's what I'm thinking at this point. I'm just hoping that Jalen Hurts can do enough good things that the Eagles can hang in this game to a degree where, you know, they can keep this thing within two touchdowns. They can be competitive. They're not going to get blown out 41-7 to or something like that because at, at, at that juncture, that's exactly what this game looked like it was headed towards. It looked like it was going very quickly in that direction. And that it could get really ugly, really quickly. And dug in the offense, then, by necessity, had to open things up. And by necessity, had to put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands and let him be an NFL quarterback. And down 16 nothing. you're on the road, it's time to sink or swim, kid. It's time to sink or swim. We were going to see whether Jalen Hurts had the ability to be an NFL-quality passer. All of these questions that we had asked, can he push the ball downfield? Can he make NFL-quality throws? At that point, I'm thinking, well, at least we'll have a better idea of this. Because Jalen Hurts had to throw the ball down the field to get the Eagles back in this game. He was going to have to make plays in the passing game. And he did it. He did everything that you wanted to see him do in that spot. Against the fast Cardinals defense, that, I mean, they were coming after him. I mean, they they were blitzing. They were sending extra guys. That's a fast defense that plays very few down linemen and many linebackers. And Matt Pryor was also a turnstile. Exactly, yes. Uh, The battered offensive line that has been used as an excuse for Carson Wentz week after week as to why the offense was struggling, why the offense was pretty much stuck in cement for the first 11 weeks of the season, behind that offensive line against that defense in those adverse conditions, down 16-0, on the road, needing to throw the football. Jalen Hurts hung in there, and he took shots. He made good reads. He made big-time throws, like Big-time NFL throws in this game. You look at, I mean, who would have thought Jalen Hurts is picking on one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL? All Sean Jeffrey of all people. That's what he was doing, Kyle. Like, think about that level of confidence 
that he was zeroing in on number 21, and when he saw man coverage against Patrick Peterson, he was going after him. Yeah, and think about the Greg Ward touchdown, too, I, I, the second one, where he just put it up there and let him go and make a play. That's that's a big boy NFL throw right there. Definitely. And you could, you know, there were some, I guess, questionable calls. I don't think the calls were, were awful, but you could tell Patrick Peterson was getting frustrated. Oh, yeah. You know, he's getting embarrassed by a rookie quarterback out there who is finding him pretty much every time he has man coverage and going right after him. You know, what kind of what kind of stones is that on the young kid? That's exactly the kind of thing that you want to see. And he brought the Eagles back. Brought them back to the point where that game-tying touchdown, where he is carrying Buda Baker into the end zone. Buda Baker has him by the ankle. Lunging forward, putting the ball over the goal line. Even on the final two drives, where the Eagles don't end up scoring... Wildly impressive plays. Spreading the ball around. He brought the Eagles back. And he did it under adverse conditions. Nothing went right to put Jalen Hurts in a good situation in this game. Nothing that happened in the first 10 minutes of this football game put Jalen Hurts in a situation to succeed. And you know what? He succeeded anyway. And... You, you, you look at this, and after this performance, the question just looms larger. And the question is not going away. If anything, it, it, it's, it's just gaining steam. And this has gone beyond, uh, you know, uh, uh, I know some people have talked about this. This is a media-created quarterback controversy. This isn't a real quarterback controversy. You damn well believe it's a real quarterback controversy. And, you know, I don't know which way it's going to end up. If you've listened to me, you know which way I think it should end up. And I, I hope more people are starting to see the light here and come over to the, um, to the side of, of, of realism and the side of, you know, going off evidence and what you see rather than what you would like to believe. But after this performance, I really want to take the pulse of the fan base right now. Because three weeks ago, I would say still virtually nobody would have thought that the possibility of the Eagles moving forward beyond uh, this season with Jalen Hurts was a real possibility. I'd say very few, um, you know, maybe a few more, but not many more after the Packers game. A few more once more after the Saints game. But after this game... It feels different. It feels like this is becoming an extremely realistic possibility. That the Eagles are going to have a decision to make in the next, what, two, two and a half months here. That is going to shape their organization for the next decade. And I want to know to start the show, where do you stand? Where do you stand Following this game, has your mind changed? For the the Wentzers out there, I want to know. Have you shifted? Are you still choosing to live in a state of denial? Are you still choosing to live in a world where Carson Wentz, you know, you want to believe Carson Wentz is what he used to be? Or do you want 
to see what's happening in real time? And do you feel that the Eagles should move forward with Jalen Hurts? This is going to be a conversation all week. It's going to be the conversation for the next couple months. And for all the people who hate talking about the quarter, you guys on WIP just talk about the quarterbacks. You have nothing else to talk about. Well, there's a reason we're talking about it, okay? We're talking about it because it's important. We're talking about it because this is the future of this football team. And it is not a media-manufactured situation. I get so annoyed when I see people say that because it's just not true. Use your eyes. See what's happening. There is a wide disparity in terms of how one guy's played this year and in terms of how the other guy's played this year. And for all the people who say, well, Carson had a a worse supporting cast, the supporting cast Carson was out there with on the offensive line was in many ways better than what Jalen Hurts is dealing with. Jalen Hurts hasn't had Lane Johnson out there for any games he's played this year. You know, um, and if you want to say they're the same, fine, they're the same. And one guy's played significantly better than the other guy has. So I want to know, where do you stand right now directly following this game against the Arizona Cardinals? Are you sticking with Carson Wentz or are you cutting bait and moving forward with Jalen Hurts? It's the question that that is going to um, echo throughout the entire NFL. This is not just a Philadelphia story anymore. This is a national story. And we'll get to the national aspects of it later. The reports of Adam Schefter on Sunday morning. Um, you know, a, a report from, I, well, I guess it's, I don't know if you can call it a report from Orlovsky, who has basically become the, the official mouthpiece of the Carson Wentz camp. Um, but I want to know where you stand. Do you still want to move forward with Carson Wentz, or are you ready to not just make the change to Jalen Hurts for the rest of the season? I mean, let's face it, that, that's obvious. But are you ready to make the, uh, 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 the, the change within the Eagles organization? Should the Eagles make that organizational shift? And it is a seismic shift to scrap the plans that they had and go in a different direction, make Jalen Hurts the centerpiece of that franchise. I don't think you need me to tell you that's where I stand right now. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, I see Stephen Egg Harbor, and then you if you want to get in. So uh, some open lines to open the show. Um, I'm sure it'll fill up. So if you want to get in now, now would be a good time. Um but we'll talk to Steve when we get back, and I want to know where do people stand at this point. Um, and also, we'll hear a little bit from Doug Peterson and Jalen Hurts about what their thinking was when the Eagles were 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 down uh, big to start this football game, sixteen nothing. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. That's how you get in. I am Tom Kelly, and for Big Daddy Graham, Kyle Quinn producing the show this morning, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, just having a chuckle, looking up, watching the highlights uh, from the Browns-Giants game. What a night for my boy Joe Judge. 
Did you see that fake field goal, Kyle? What the hell was that? I was on the way here, actually, but I saw your tweet, so I'll have to look it up. It was a ridiculous fake field goal. Well, Joe Judge did that. Then he, Joe Judge is the king of faking going for fourth downs and then running his <laughs> offense off the field to punt, which I don't understand what the point of that is. I guess you're trying to get a 12-men situation. Um, He's trying to do the 4D chess Bill Belichick type deal. Right, but he's Joe Judge, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's basically just elementary checkers. Um and then he challenged a play where it was an onside kick and uh there was just a massive pile of bodies and you Joe Judge challenged it. Uh that the Giants were going to get possession and of course they didn't. Well, it's embarrassing for Philadelphia. Well, not necessarily <laughs> oh, because Stefanski gets the win. There it, you go. It was the battle of the prep. <laughs> yeah. Uh both guys who played together at St. Joe's prep um, you know, I think they played freshman year together there or something like that. So I will say Stefanski's good coach. I, I sold Stefanski a little short because I just, I, and I'm holding his dad being kind of not a great NBA executive against him, <laughs> but Stefanski is a very good coach. The The Browns are fun. Dare I say the Cleveland Browns are a fun team to watch, man. He's got Baker. I wasn't Baker's too sold well. on. I wasn't overly sold on Baker Mayfield as a great quarterback, but I mean, he's he's getting the most out of him, and that's what you expect from your coach. There are certain things Baker does very well. Like, th- when he just can throw it 20 yards, like, bullet on the line, he's very yeah, good at that. Yeah, and he's, he's nice on the move, yeah. rolling out, for sure. Yeah, so I've been impressed with him. Um, and the Browns win uh, to help the Eagles a little bit, uh, Joe Judge and the Giants taking uh, the loss. But uh, we'll get back to the phones in, in a second here and talk to Steve. But i got to mention some of these tweets real quick because I, I just don't, understand what people see sometimes uh jeff jeff hill tweets at me um hurts is only making himself easier to trade why the hell would the eagles trade jalen hurts come on like i mean considering what we see from carson wentz this year with all the the you know people who want to bash how he's drafting is there any doubt that jalen hurts was a, a great pick potentially people act like we're a, a baseball or basketball team in like a serious rebuild phase. Oh, good player. Trade him. Right. Like why <laughs> would the Eagles trade Jalen Hurts? <laughs> especially a quarterback. Like they don't just grow on trees. You find your good guy, then that's your guy. Right. Like there's talk about trading Carson Wentz because there's like legitimate upside to trading Carson Wentz. Like you can trade Carson Wentz, get a huge contract off the books and kind of reset your clock a little bit. And we'll talk about that later on. Cause I think people need to, understand a little better the financial implications of, of all this because I think people have been talking about it in a very short-sighted manner that doesn't make a lot of sense to me yeah and I think the whole notion that there's you know what Wentz's value is just plummeting uh, I think that's a little overblown because yeah. you know he's a former second overall pick there's uh, scouts coaches around the league that know what kind of talent he brings and mm-hmm. there plenty of guys that'll be willing to take a chance on him I think yeah so I'll just say to Jeff uh, don't hold your breath Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts may not be the starter next year if Wentz is back uh, going into camp Jalen Hurts ain't going anywhere it's just like mental gymnastics from people at right. this point I think yeah no the Eagles aren't trading Jalen Hurts and then Ryan tweets at me Ryan's one of these big uh, pro Wentz guys um, this is always my favorite well, Lori has the final say, so all we can do is wait till the offseason. Why are we even talking about this? It's like, what do you want us to talk about right Yeah, now? We're, we're just dead air instead. We have a... Do, do you want me to break down the mechanics of the Zach Ertz botched hold? 
Like, is that what you want me to do? Spend three hours talking about whether, whether the Eagles should have gone for two or, or kicked the extra point in that situation? Which, Talk about our favorite Christmas music instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might be worth five minutes in the show later on. It's not going to be the main topic. Like, I love that idea that uh, the starting quarterback gets pulled. The backup comes in and plays great, but yeah, we don't talk about that. Well, like, uh, yeah, the logic just doesn't make sense. Like, we have to wait and see, so don't talk about it at all. Like, right. what do you think sports are about? So, I guess, like, like you know, if we wanted to talk basketball, we can't talk about Ben Simmons, James Harden rumors. Well, we because, can't talk anything. We don't know who's going to win the championship. Right. We don't know anything, so why would we talk about anything? Um, why wouldn't we just sit here and, like you said, we'll just play dead air? For... I, I don't know why you even watch the game. You can just check the score. Right. So I, I'm i sorry. And maybe that's a pet peeve of mine being in sports radio where my job is to speak um, about these kind of things. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, that one has always just bothered me. Why are we even talking about this? Because it's a big story. And it's involves the Eagles. And... This station kind of exists to talk about the Eagles and to talk about Philadelphia sports. People get so angry because you're just talking sports. Like, you don't have to agree. Right. But this is what we do, you know? Yeah, it's kind of our job. So, you know, that will be what I'll do. I'll talk about sports, and I'll talk about the quarterback situation. You might agree sometimes. You might not, and that's okay. Um, Whether you want to call me and and disagree, you're welcome to do that. You want to just sit back and listen, you're welcome to do that. Um, But... I'm not going to stop talking about the quarterback situation. Kind of a big story. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. In a minute, I want to get to some sound from Doug and Jalen Hurts about what their mindset was when the Eagles fell behind 16-0 because it's what made this game so impressive to me and so much more impressive than the Saints' performance last week. Is that Saints game Everything kind of played to the script that Doug Peterson and the Eagles wanted it to play to, to have to be conducive for Jalen Hurts to have success. You know, w- building a lead, being able to stick to the run game, not having to push the ball down the field, letting Jalen Hurts take easy completion, setting him up for easy throws. That game lended to to that kind of game script for them. This one did not. Yeah, you kind of feel like the last one, or you know, going into the Saints game at least, you think it's gonna you're gonna need the Lamar formula where you need to get ahead, not be throwing the ball down a bunch, and just you know just keep running keep running the football, and that's what Jalen Hurts is good at. And this one, he was playing from behind the whole game. He yeah, was incredible. And forget whether this is a guy you think is a good NFL passer or a poor NFL passer, a rookie, a veteran. That is a tough situation for any quarterback. And Jalen Hurts passed with flying colors. Couldn't have done any more. Jalen Hurts did everything he could for the Eagles to win this game. And um, I'm impressed, man. As I told Ricky during the crossover, you look, some guys you just kind of know. This guy's a franchise quarterback. It just is a matter of what franchise he will be that quarterback for at this point. Yeah, I remember in 2016, it doesn't take me too much to get sold on a guy. And I was sold on Carson Wentz after three games. Yeah. And, you know, you you live and you learn and stuff, but – just everything about Jalen Hurts, and I keep, you know, I hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but the leadership thing, he, he exudes this this aura about him that yeah. just makes you, you know, people just gravitate towards him. Yeah. And you see it. And I thought that about Carson, too, and we were right about that at the time, but he's just not that player anymore. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Stephen Egg Harbor. What's happening, Steve? 
Yeah, how you doing? Good. Whoa, Steve, something's going on. Are you yeah. okay? You're good. Now. I don't know. It's not, that's not me. No problem. You're good now. Um, yeah, um, what I was saying to Kyle, you know, um, the mighty Quinn before I got, I got on was, you know, this is a complete, you know, exoneration of, Dun, of Doug Peterson's play calling and a complete indictment of Carson Wentz as the quarterback of our team this year. He just didn't do the job. Uh, he made a lot of bad decisions, and we we talked about throwing into the double and sometimes triple coverage and, and and giving my guys a chance. Well, you're not giving your guys a chance when you're throwing into the double triple coverage. You didn't see that from Hertz. I haven't seen that from Hertz yet, where I really seen him make a really really poor decision, except for the safety today. Okay, uh, and like I said, like you said, he he had the right mentality of getting rid of the ball. He just didn't get outside the pocket, right. and you know. Obviously, the pressure got to him a little bit there. But what I said to my kid when it was 16 nothing, I said, now we're going to see if this guy has the mental makeup that Carson Wentz doesn't have. If he can come back from this and at least give us an opportunity of winning the game. And he did just that. Yes, Steve. It was really impressive. And like you said, I think the most impressive thing to me, and this is really, I think, troubling from Carson Wentz's perspective as a fifth-year quarterback compared to Jalen Hurts as a rookie in his second game, just the decision-making. I mean, and it's not just in terms of where to throw the ball, even though that is it sometimes. Like, Jalen Hurts, he sees man coverage. He's not afraid to just throw it up and let his receiver make a yeah, play. Yeah, you give your guy an opportunity right. to make a play when it's single coverage. That's what you're supposed to do when you got a dynamic receiver. It, well, I mean, we don't have any of them, but, I mean, anytime Hopkins is – one-on-one coverage. That's all Kyler Murray does is throw it up and say, go get it. And, of course, you know, Hopkins does 90% of the time. He's just that amazing. I mean, but, you know, the thing is, uh, one thing I want to say also is, you know, he's just totally taken our offense to a place where, you know, we haven't seen it up until he got in the Green Bay game. And to me, that just goes to show you who is the problem. And these Carson Wentz people just don't want to admit it. That's the problem. Sometimes you've got to admit you're wrong. I think we were wrong about Carson Wentz. I was rooting for him because, you know, I mean, I was a Nick Foles guy. But once they traded him, Carson's the quarterback. I'm an Eagle fan first. I don't care if your grandmother's, you know, the quarterback of my team as long as she's doing the job, getting the job done. Right. No, Steven, I feel the same way. Is You know, I, I, I feel like it is very weird, the dynamic that is – formed with some Eagles fans where I honestly do feel like there were some Eagles fans during that game. I mean, I could see them, uh, you know, seemingly taking glee in Jalen Hurts throwing that ball away when he shouldn't throw the ball away for a safety and Jalen Hurts struggling early on and, and almost like rooting against them. And, and I just don't look at it that way. I'm going to root bet, for the I'll Eagles regardless of the Wentz was on the bench. I bet you he was on the bench thinking that was down 16 nothing. Let's see what this guy, but he was thinking the same thing because you know this is killing him. You know this is killing Carson Wentz and I don't care what anybody says. He does not want to see this guy succeed because everything that this guy does to succeed makes Carson Wentz, Wentz look worse and worse, is my, my opinion. Oh, absolutely, Steve, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks. And, you know, and I, honestly, I don't even really fault Carson Wentz for that. I mean, I don't fault him for not wanting to be a backup. We'll get to that aspect of everything later. I don't fault him for not wanting to be a backup, but the way this stuff's getting out does not reflect well on Carson Wentz, in my opinion. Um... I don't think it reflects well on him mentally. I don't know who's giving this kind of advice for these stories to get out when they're getting out. Um, but we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts has been impressive, and he has done all the things Carson Wentz could not do. And I agree with Steve. For all the people who wanted to bash Doug, bash Doug, Doug's play calling, Doug's an idiot. I mean, 
can 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 those people just admit they were wrong? Like it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I'm wrong a lot, and when I'm wrong, I admit it. But you know, the idea that Doug Peterson was holding the offense back is dumb. The 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 guy who's holding the, the offense back was the quarterback, and I think that's clear for everybody uh, to see at this point. And you know, when I look at Jalen Hurts in this game. One of the things that I thought was so impressive as far as was his poise under pressure. You know, that defensive front for Arizona, they are no joke. You know, they were coming after Jalen Hurts with everything they had. Vance Joseph, former head coach, good defensive coordinator, good defensive mind. That's how he got a head coaching opportunity. Um, he was sending some complicated blitzes. He was sending guys from a bunch of different areas. That is a fast defense. That is a defense that plays a lot of linebackers, and they are probably better equipped to defend a guy like Jalen Hurts than most other defenses are because of their speed. I think Vance Joseph was having the time of his life. <laughs> well, I mean, he remember, thought he was. Do you remember that, the Sergio dip? I do. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sergio dip. I forgot about that guy. Um, that was Vance Joseph's first game, I guess. Um, having the time of his life. Right. But um, Jalen Hurts hung in there, and he wasn't phased a- at all. And as I mentioned in the first segment, that is a very challenging situation for any quarterback, let alone a rookie, in his second start. And instead of wilting, he fought back. Um, And, you know, right now, I, I want to let you hear a little bit of Doug and, and Jalen Hurts talking about how they felt at that moment. Here's first Doug Peterson on, you know, what he's thinking and what happened in the first quarter as the Eagles fell behind 16-0. And like Doug said, it was a complete implosion. Uh, They imploded early. Um, You know, it was just bad thing after bad thing, and it seemed like everything was spiraling out of control. And like Stephen Egg Harbor mentioned, that was... That was a moment we were going to learn a lot about Jalen Hurts. You know, regardless of whether the Eagles were going to win that game or or not, we were going to learn a lot about Jalen Hurts, how he would respond in that moment. And, you know, I was very interested to hear uh, his answer because you knew this question was going to be asked after the game. Here was Jalen Hurts on what you know, his thought process was and what he was saying to his teammates when the Eagles found themselves in that position. I mean, I think we, we never lost belief never lost belief in one another. Um, just going out there and, and, and putting the pieces together. You know, like I said before, there's a lot of self, self-inflicted wounds. Um, it, it all comes down to that E-word execution. And that's something that we didn't do consistent enough to win this game. So um, some we, we, we have the opportunity to learn from. Um, all external factors don't matter to us. We're worried about us getting better as a team, putting ourselves in the best position um, for our, you know, for our future. And you know that is the right thought process to have is just find a way to get back in the game. You know, don't worry about getting it all back at once. And for a lot of rookie quarterbacks, they are thinking about how do we get all this back in one shot? You know, how do we get a big play? How do and they start trying to do too much. But like Jalen Hurts said. Just stick to the game plan. You know, just do what I'm supposed to do. Do my part. And, man, and it struck me. It really struck me 
watching this game and seeing how, you know, the Eagles are in a worse situation or early than they probably were in all year. I can't remember a game this year where it got that bad that early. And L.A., the Rams. Yeah, but, they, you know, they kind of got back in that game. You know, you, you got a Cooper Cup fumble. I felt like it wasn't that bad. You know, it may, maybe in hindsight I was wrong. But, you know, for, for things to get that ugly and that, you know, just self-destructive in the first 10 minutes is, is not the situation that you want to be in as a football team. And I look at how Jalen Hurts was able to compose himself and play with poise and stop the bleeding in that kind of situation. Compare that to Carson Wentz. That's what we're doing tonight. We're looking at these two guys, deciding which guy we want to move forward with. Look at Carson Wentz. And, I mean, was there ever a moment this season that when things started to go wrong when Carson Wentz was playing, that you had any kind of confidence that he was going to get it together and the Eagles were going to get it together and they were going to mount a real comeback, not a phony comeback like at the end of the Seahawks game, but was there any time in any of those games where you felt like the Eagles really had any sort of opportunity to stop the bleeding and truly get themselves back in a football game? No. When things go wrong for Carson Wentz, he implodes. And he tries to do too much. All the things Jalen Hurts said he did not try to do and was not going to try to do. What happens when things start going badly for Carson Wentz? He starts to get panicky. He starts to throw into coverage. He starts to make bad decisions. He holds the ball too long because he's looking for big plays. And that is not unique to this year. Even in Carson Wentz's good years, think about 2017. A lot of those games, Eagles were front runners. Eagles were up early in those games. They were up comfortably in those games. They were able to stay on a plan, stay on schedule. There haven't been many situations in Carson Wentz's career where things go bad early and they get better. They typically do not get better when he's in there and things go bad. When things start going bad for Carson Wentz, things spiral out of control. When things start going bad for Carson Wentz, he falls apart. Just like he has this season. And that is not a good trait to have for a quarterback. Jalen Hurts already illustrates the fact that when things are going badly for not just the offense, but for the football team, he can keep his poise together, he can keep his composure together, not try to get it all back in one or two plays, but stay on schedule, stay with the game plan, chip away, chip away, get the Eagles back in the football game. That's what was most impressive to me about Jalen Hurts in this game, his poise and composure after the Eagles fell behind as as by as large a margin as they did in the first quarter. I have no confidence, none, that that would have been a close game in any regard had Carson Wentz been on the field. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Alex, George, Mike, I uh, got all you guys hang there. Got to hit the break real quick. Um, I'm Tom Kelly. When we return, I do have a social media gripe for you, so we will get that in as well. I'm Tom Kelly, filling in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday morning right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. This this can't be right. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at, I decided to go to ESPN.com. I haven't paid attention to what was going on with the announcements of the, the games uh, for, for college football. Notre Dame, they didn't really make the playoff, right? Oh, like, yeah, they did. <laughs> are you kidding me? I really almost cursed right there. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I went on a big rant last night about uh, what a disgrace it is that they're so overrated, and they go out and they get thrashed by Clemson. How do they still make the playoff? What? What? what how? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I guess money-wise, <laughs> that, that's what the whole thing is. That's my guess. Well, wasn't Brian Kelly talking about uh, boycotting the playoff a few days ago? <laughs> it's uh, it's like, you know. Maybe that's his punishment. Yeah, you go get your ass kicked by Clemson. I mean, just boycott. I mean, put anybody else. Seriously, put it. Why doesn't a team like Cincinnati get a chance? They're undefeated. I mean, give them a chance. They're probably just as good as Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, Clemson won that game by 24. They could have won it by 44 if they wanted to. They coasted in the second half. Uh, Clemson first half was the easiest bet in the world the other day. Clemson minus six and a half first half line. I mean, that was a gift. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't have that. <laughs> I had Notre Dame with the points. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 Kyle and I, you like to talk about our money line parlays. I had a nice little uh, easy money liner on on Sunday. Uh, Seahawks, Browns, and uh, and uh, Ravens. I forgot to tell you, I had an eight teamer today. There you go. You won. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Eight teamer. Awesome. Nice. I'm big time. Congratulations. I'm back. I'm back. There you go. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I just I was thrown off by that. Notre Dame actually got in. What a, what a disgrace. What an absolute, as Howard would call it, it's a joke. A joke. A joke. <laughs> um, we'll get to Alex um, in just a second here. I just do want to give him my social media gripe real quick. Um, and I'm not sure if I've done this one before, but... This annoys me when people will like talk to cities like they're people. If you understand, like, oh when, yeah, people, Philly, you look really beautiful. <laughs> like, tonight. what's up, Philly? Yeah, yeah, or, like, something, yeah, like or that. something like yeah, that. Yeah, that that is hokey. Philly, you look great today, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, shut up. Yeah. Um, and a little bonus gripe for you. Everybody making the same joke on Twitter during the Eagles game when, and it was really right <laughs> after the punt got blocked. Well, I guess Carson Wentz should have blocked that punt. Like, all right, we get it. You like Carson. You're upset. Carson stinks. I, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, but everybody was making the same joke. Oh, Carson missed that block. Carson, Carson, uh, allowed that punt to get blocked. Uh, you know, Carson did this. Carson did that. Okay. You think Carson gets blamed for everything? Yeah. <laughs> I think we have enough evidence at this point to kind of illustrate that's not really happening. Like that Carson is actually responsible for a lot of the things that have gone wrong, but when everybody makes the same exact joke, it's not really all that funny. Yeah, it's unoriginal and a lot of times they're using the same exact words. Right. Too. And like I hate when people all be like, Oh, like this aged poorly or something like oh, that. God. It's all it's when everybody says it. Just terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. But want to know what you thought about Jalen Hurts' performance and where do you stand right now? Who do you move forward with? Every day that passes, I feel more people coming to the side. Of Jalen Hurts, and it makes a lot of sense. We'll get into the financial implications of it in the 3 o'clock hour, um, but for many reasons, it makes a lot more sense to move forward with Jalen Hurts. Let's go to Alex in Seattle. What's up, Alex? 
Hi, Tom. Um, well, everything you were saying before the break, uh, I really agree with. I think we saw a team that executed uh, their plays. They were all doing their job today. And I think in the second half, there were two really beautiful moments that we saw both everybody doing their job, which is when they converted the second and 29, because that is that would have been impossible if Carson was playing. And then we also saw in uh, Jalen's attitude when he had to run the touchdown that he was tenacious because he got tripped not once but twice and he still managed to take it over the line. Like That was astonishing to watch and made the game really enjoyable even though they didn't win. Yeah, that was a really impressive play, Alex, on that play when he was able to run and, and you know he gets hit at the two. And you know if he doesn't get in there, I mean, the Eagles are obviously going to go for that fourth down, but you, know, you, you don't know if you're going to get in there. And, and that was... That was really impressive, and yeah, there were a lot of plays where um, just just doing the little things, keeping the offense on schedule, um, you know, and a lot of times that's just as important as as making big plays down the field. Yeah, I I judge um, this season how much we yell at the TV for how poorly people are playing, and there was a lot less yelling today uh, than usual. Yeah, there was. And, you know, the first quarter, there was a decent amount of yelling. The first quarter was pretty frustrating, especially... <laughs> maybe I just don't yell as much as you do. Yeah, maybe, uh, especially on that <laughs> on that block punt. Um, but, yeah, I thought even with it being a loss, it was still a game that, that you come out of it feeling positive about a, a lot of different things, especially quarterback. Yeah, I felt very optimistic. And I and I agree with you. Like, it, it does look more and more like not only is Jalen performing well, but the rest of the team are under his influence and performing better because of it. And that's why everybody's doing their job. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it, Alex. Thank you very much yeah, for the thanks, call. Tom. Yep, take it easy. And yeah, I think that's how a lot of people feel. And it's, it's a factor of the quarterback position that it, it matters. And, and it's what, it's part of what, you know, makes a good quarterback. Good quarterbacks make people around him better. For all the people who want to say, Carson doesn't have this, Carson doesn't have that, the, the, the guys who get paid, the way Carson gets paid, make the guys around them not matter as much. It makes them better. Yeah, I was saying this earlier with Ricky, is that confidence in football players is it's huge. You just see the body language. These players go on the field with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. They think they have a legitimate chance of winning the game. And, and you can just tell. Well, I mean, look back at 2017. I'll just use this player as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, Carson Wentz was was playing well in 2017. Nick Foles played well at the end of 2017. Uh, like, just look at a guy like Corey Clement. Looks good that year. Yeah. Know why he looked good? Because the quarterback, uh, whether it was Wentz, whether it was Foles, they were playing well. And when a quarterback is playing at a high level, it makes the guys around them better. Uh, look at Nelson Aguilar. Nelson yeah. Aguilar had a hell of a season in 2017. Trey Burton looked like a top five tight end. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, Aguilar is very good in 2017. Um, not good the last two years. Is good again this year. Maybe a guy like Nelson Aguilar is a pretty good player when he gets competent quarterback play. And I think it's becoming more clear. And I'm not going to say that Carson's been awful the last three years because that's not true. He's been awful this year. It wasn't awful in 2018 or 2019. But it's kind of clear maybe he wasn't as good as we thought he was. And I think that's obvious. Uh, When you are a a top-notch quarterback, you make the guys around you better. Like, these guys uh, playing now for the Eagles, 
as much as some people want to believe, oh, they just, you know, they, they, they were out to, Alshon Jeffrey was out to spite Wentz. No, that's not true. It's not. What, what, what good does that do, Alshon Jeffrey? He wants to get a contract next year to go out and sabotage Carson Wentz. Alshon Jeffrey doesn't give a damn. He wants to get paid next year. He's going to try to play well. Alshon Jeffrey looks a lot better now because he's getting competent quarterback play. When you get competent quarterback play, everything on the offense and every player on the offense looks better, and we're seeing that now. 215-592-9494. Let's go to George in Roxborough. What's up, George? Hey, what's going on? What's happening? What up, Tom Kim? Um, tell me, I have a, a quick uh, a quick comment and then a quick question. Um, first sure. of all, Jalen Hurts, that's our quarterback. You know, we don't have to, we don't have to talk about that. Um, but the, just like you just said, um, body language – like team team chemistry after touchdowns, Greg Ward and Jalen like they have a handshake. Like you saw team chemistry, like you saw um, you know like all the players tapping helmets, and that's something that you don't really see with Carson and Jalen didn't really have it, you know, in uh, off season. So once training camp started, that's when his chemistry with Greg Ward started. So there's no reason why Carson doesn't have the same chemistry with um, you know the same wide receivers because I was you know I was kind of tired of, tired of hearing that. Yeah. Also, yep. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, George. Also, also it's kind of it's kind of weird. Um, it's weird that Doug didn't work Travis in until like the end of the game. But as soon as he worked him in in that last cycle, um, and we missed the hell Mary. Who do you see on the field hurt? You know, like looking like he's about to cry. Travis, Travis Fogel. So I'm like, wow. Like the team were all dialed in. Like whether you were getting a. Whether you were getting the ball or not, they were all dialed in and fighting. And I've I've never felt this good about a loss before. Like just like you just said, like it feels good. Um, I'm just excited. My question is, right? Mm-hmm. So when Carson was in, um, I hear a whole lot more kill kills. You know, a whole lot more audibles. Uh, do the audibles take away from maybe Miles Sanders' snaps as a running back? You know, George, I'm not sure exactly all that how all that works. Like, I don't, I don't know what calls me. Well, I know kill kill normally, you know, is killing the play. It's called, and it's normally audibling to a, a run play. Um, but you know, the Eagles they change up their calls each week, so I'm not really sure if you can really read anything uh, from that uh, consistently. Okay, all right, yeah. So, all right, thank you, Tom appreciate Tom. it, man. Yeah, take it easy. And yeah, I, you know, it's hard when you read into the camaraderie stuff, you know, but I, I mean. It, you don't have to have great vision to see that, that this is a team that seems to be playing with a lot more chemistry now than they did before. And I'm not sure what that says about Jalen. I'm not sure what that says about Carson. But it, it's clear that it, it you know, it's something that, it, that, is, that is clear to me watching. That this seems like a team that has a lot more chemistry and... Is a lot is on the same page, much more with Jalen Hurts a quarterback than Carson Wentz, and that's not an anti Carson Wentz statement. That's just a fact. And by the way, it is funny how the the people who have been screaming at me relentlessly for weeks about Carson Wentz and he's a victim and all this stuff, very silent now. They are very very quiet. If you're still on the Carson Wentz bandwagon, uh, on the Wentz wagon, the LTBB. By the way. Something very exciting. I'm hosting the afternoon show later this week. We're going to hold a meeting of the LTBG. What day is what day is this? Thursday. 
Thursday. Thursday, Christmas Eve. Not so not the midday show. The no, afternoon the afternoon show. show. Oh, man. oh, you're not working with me that day. I think um six a.m. to two. Oh, so. I think I think Fritz has off. That would have been fun. Yeah, um, been. but I don't think that's happening. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, very exciting stuff. I, I think I'm putting something together where we'll have the LTBG, the Let the Bronco Go uh, convention um, in, in place of the afternoon show, which I'm sure they'll appreciate. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, I'm Tom Kelly. All you guys on hold, hang there. Uh, we will get back to the phones when we return. Also, want to talk about some of the things Jalen Hurts did at the end of this game that I found to be impressive. And uh, the the one singular play that was just the awareness of Jalen Hurts uh, was incredible. So we'll get to that as well. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday morning uh, talking about the Eagles and another impressive performance from Jalen Hurts. And regardless how you feel about Jalen Hurts, regardless how you feel about Carson Wentz, it's undeniable how well Jalen Hurts is playing. And it's undeniable the effect he's had on the offense and what it demonstrates about this team. And, you know, I've said it all year that the quarterback has been the problem. He's been the problem. And Jalen Hurts has seemingly been the solution on the offensive uh, side of the ball. And I talked about him bouncing back from being down 16 nothing earlier. And there are a ton of things I want to get to this hour. Um, we'll, we'll get to the financial implications of what a Carson Wentz trade would mean because I don't feel like we've been talking about this the right way in terms of all oh, these prohibitive how prohibitive it would be to the Eagles salary cap to trade Carson Wentz I don't look at it that way um for the long term um and I think it is certainly doable and would be in the best interest of the team um for salary cap purposes to do it so we'll get to that but you know you 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 think about Jalen Hurts and how he responded down 16 nothing and I was so impressed by that aspect of it but also you look at the final two drives with Jalen Hurts, and those drives to me were incredibly impressive. Where you're looking at, I mean, you're down seven points. Um, that's the they are the moments that franchise quarterbacks are made for. Multiple fourth down conversions, finding ways to keep the Eagles moving, finding ways to keep these drives alive that seemed like they were going to die. The final one, you know, a fourth down and whatever it was, able to hit Fulgham and pick up a first down. Um, the most impressive play, I thought, and this is the play that kind of epitomizes Jalen Hurts to me right now and his poise and his composure and is so diametrically opposed uh, to Carson Wentz. And here's the play-by-play uh, on uh, Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter, the play that... I felt was most impressive. First and 10. He's back again. He's looking. He fumbles the football. He picks it up. He starts to run, and he throws it and completes it at a first down as Goddard makes the catch and then goes out of bounds. What poise. Oh, my goodness. The what he did right comes there. Out of Jalen. Where Jalen Hurts and Merrill and Mike with a great call on it, Jalen Hurts is hit, and, you know, he, he 
probably should have stepped up earlier, gotten out of the pocket. Matt Pryor was beat on the play, which what else is new? Matt Pryor was whooped. He's a by, wet paper towel. By pretty much everybody, mainly Assam Reddick on Sunday. But Jay Lawrence gets stripped. Instead of, you know, Carson, who probably would have, you know, panicked with like like a chicken with his head cut off. Who knows what Carson would have done in that situation? Jalen Hurts stays composed, picks up the football, and you're thinking at that point, just throw it away. He completes the pass to Dallas Goddard along the sidelines. And like that's just a kid making a play. That's just playing football at the end of a game when you need a play, finding a way to make a play. Here was Jalen Hurts after the game on uh, that play. I just love that thought process. I really do. I just love, you know, that thought process. I'm just trying to make a play. You know, and he says, that's the situation I want to be in. I relish that moment. Being down seven, uh, you, you can't ask for anything else. And did the Eagles end up scoring at the end of it? Unfortunately not. Um, I don't think that was necessarily Jalen Hurts' fault. You know, you can say I'm making excuses for him, you know, if you, you want to. Fine. Um Dallas Goddard should have made that catch on the third down. Uh, and that was after Jalen Hurts took two sacks. Uh, the first one, fine. You lose, I think, three yards on the play. You're running clock, which at that point I'm kind of thinking, I don't mind running clock because you don't want to give Arizona the ball back because we all knew, Kyle, I think you tweeted it out. They scored a touchdown, especially with uh, the holder being out. They were going for two. <laughs> they had to. No there, question. There's no doubt they were going for two there. Um, so... I just kind of didn't want to give Arizona time at that point. First sack, you lose three yards, fine. Second sack can happen. Um, we'll play a cut later from Jalen where he talks about that, uh, taking that sack. But that third down play, he makes a great throw to Goddard, should have caught it. And then on the Hail Mary, weak effort from Goddard. It looked like he could have dove. I know things are happening fast on the field, but it looked like he had a shot at that ball off the ricochet. And, um, you know, didn't make an effort at it again maybe the you know the angle gives you an optical illusion on it I'm not sure uh but I just love the thought process and what Jalen Hurts is doing he's demonstrating all the same things that he did at the college level he is everything you saw from him in college he is doing at the NFL level the kid is just a winner he's a gamer this was the book on him coming out of college. It was the book on him when he was at Bama. It was the book on him at Oklahoma. Is that he, he physically, he doesn't check all the boxes like a typical quarterback would. But he just knows how to play the game. And he did everything he could to win that game. And the game I think of more than any with Jalen Hurts, it's not the game where he was benched against Tua. It's the year before in the national championship game when him and Deshaun Watson went toe-to-toe that night, and it was score for score. And at the time, we didn't know if Jalen Hurts was going to be an NFL player. We didn't know if Deshaun Watson was going to be a great NFL quarterback at that point. Um, There were questions about him coming out of college. But looking back on it now, uh, seeing what Deshaun Watson is, uh, they went toe-to-toe in that game. There's plenty of moments like that with Jalen Hurts. Not only that one, but coming back in for Tua when he got hurt yep, in the championship SEC title game. game. Yep, and then um, and then the comeback against Baylor. Yeah, right? in the Big Twelve game. I yeah, think, right? he's he's had plenty of those moments. Yeah, no, so um, it's just impressive, man. And you know, I, it, it's early, but I got to admit, I'm 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 falling in love with this kid, and uh, it's exciting. It, it's exciting to see him out there playing because. 
Uh, he's very impressive, um, not just as a player, but as a person as well. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Yeah, how's it going, Tom? What's going on, man? Yeah, actually, um, yeah, before I get to the Eagles stuff, I, I heard you mention bring up the Jets earlier. You, you know what my biggest pet peeve is when analysts or announcers just refuse to acknowledge that it's better for a team to win the game? You ever notice that? They always take that self-righteous route like i don't know why jets fans are so mad today you know i I, just want a football game you should be happy like if i was a jets fan i'd be like shut up you self-righteous d-bag like i don't think people realize like that is a franchise altering outcome like that could go from the jets having a decade of glory to a decade of misery or mediocrity like that was monumental what happened to the jets it is the single worst win in the history of the league i i i i'm not Overstating that, I seriously believe it. It was the worst win yeah. in the history of the NFL. But what is it? Why can't announcers just acknowledge that it's bad for teams to win sometimes? Yeah, like, I don't, why do they always have to put up that self righteous front? I don't know who who was on that broadcast. I didn't I didn't watch any of that game. Who was on? I know, but like every time you ask an analyst, it's always yeah. like, oh no 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 no. As a fan, you always want your team. Like stop it. You can't look. Most of the time, you want your team to win. But if you can't even acknowledge that sometimes it's okay to lose, like just stop. You're not being objective. Like right. stop. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree, Mike. Definitely. Yeah. By the way, Adrian, if you're listening, we we got to set up this uh, hardened debate at some point. Yeah, we can uh, we can do something like that. Maybe we can yeah. do tomorrow if Adrian is willing to uh, get in. We can we can do something tomorrow. He said some tomorrow night. That shit. Oops, Whoa. sorry, I didn't mean to say that. No problem. Did you believe that? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's you know, that's the first time I've ever done that on the air. Yeah, like, Mike, you kind of caught me off guard there. Life. I usually don't have to worry about you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm my, again. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, uh, but the Eagles stuff. I mean, Jalen Hurts really has some stuff. You know, like. I'm not look. I, I'm not comparing him to Russell Wilson uh, because obviously Russell Wilson is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the best quarterbacks you know I've seen in my gener- in my lifetime. But um, he does kind of mimic him a little bit, doesn't he? Just the way the one thing to me that stands out about Jalen Hurts the most is he always looks like he's in command. You know, like he just looks the part. Now there are some quarterbacks who have tools but don't look the part, and there's some quarterbacks who kind of they look okay but they don't have the tools you know i don't he doesn't have a rocket arm you know he he has accuracy but he's not drew Brees. but just something about his presence when he's on the field he always looks like like you just have confidence that he's going to find a way to make plays and even when they didn't make plays at the end of the game and frankly i was hoping that they would lose for a draft position but even even uh you know besides that you know He's like he looks like the type of quarterback that when you play against him, you fear that he's going to find a way to get it done. You do, and I was thinking about you at the end of that game, Mike, about what you were feeling in that moment. But yeah, I mean, you know, you look at him, and that was what was so impressive to me. Is yeah, he was great in the Saints game and managed the game very well. But this was a completely different scenario where you're down sixteen nothing. You knew it was going to be like, okay, we're going to see if he can push the ball down the field. We're going to see if he can fight back from a deficit, and he was able to do it. And even when they were down sixteen nothing, it didn't seem like he was playing the game in any sort of a panicked way whatsoever. Well, let me ask you something. Just your general opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think is more responsible for – if you had to pick one of these two, what do you think is more responsible for Wentz's downfall? Do you think it's his ACL pair, or do you think it's the fact that he, that he had to see Nick Foles win a championship while he was riding – you know, while he was nursing his injury? It, you know, this might sound like a cop-out, Mike. It's a combination of everything. It is. It's a combination of everything. I, I honestly think um, 
the the really root of all of this is Carson Wentz after 2017. It's probably the false part when you look at just the after effects it's had because I think Carson Wentz got a really inflated thought process of, of the, like what he is as a player. And you've seen the effects of his fingerprints on the coaching staff and the personnel and the organization catering to him at every turn. I think he has gotten an inflated um, opinion of himself off of the season he had in 2017, and I think that's affected his the way he responds to coaching and all that other stuff. Yeah. I think it, it, 2017 ultimately, I think, had a negative effect on him. Yeah, because like, what, what would I can't believe Doug is still doing this act after these games? Who does he think he's fooling with this crap? Like, seriously? Like, first of all, he can't. You can't say it's, it's gamesmanship because. Every team, and they're only going to play two more teams unless they make the playoffs, but every team's going to be preparing for Jalen Hurts. They know what's going on. The fact that he's standing up there and playing this whole game, this stupid game, the only logical explanation is because he's afraid of hurting Carson Wentz's feelings. Yeah. And if Carson Wentz is that fragile, then he has to go. Like, if he cannot handle a coach who's already given the job to Jalen Hurts for two straight weeks, say he's getting the job for another week, if that hurts his feelings – my goodness well, well, gracious. I mean, Mike, and I, regardless of how either of us felt about Mike Groh, like, it's pretty clear that Carson Wentz got Mike Groh fired. Like, I don't even think that's up for debate at this point. And when you give a kind of player that kind of input and that kind of say, you know, it gives him a real inflated, um, in, in, entitled opinion of what he feels like he's entitled to within the organization. Yeah, like, if you can't, now look, and I'll, I'll be the first to say this. Like, J- I think, well, as good as Jalen Hurts looked, we can't go overboard either. This team still has a plethora of problems. Like, this roster just isn't good. By the way, I'll say this, though, Mike. It doesn't look nearly as bad as it did a couple weeks ago. No, it really is, doesn't. That is without question. But with that said, like, Jalen Rager stinks, dude. He stinks. Like, I can't. For a first-round pick, he does. Like, if he was a third-round or fourth-round pick, but, like, just watching him compete, he can't get open. He's lollygagging on plays. Like, dude, like, if, if he at least busted it and tried to run hard and play hard, like, I, he still doesn't look great, but at least you have that. But, man, he doesn't run hard. He's rounding out his routes. Like, for a first-round pick, man, that's such a no, bad look on Howie. I, I, well, I saw the same thing, and, and the play you're talking about, it was actually a great call when the Eagles fake like they were taking a timeout and yeah. Hurts threw it down the sideline, and Rager slowed up on the route. And you, I saw a coach immediately yelling at Rager, telling him to keep running because Hurts put the ball uh, where it needed to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it is early, and we'll see. And right now it does look like a bit of an indictment. But does this change your opinion on Howie at all, Mike? Like, no. at all? Like, to me, Howie's still, like, 30 in the hole. Like, even if he nailed Jalen Hurts, it's like, okay, well, I'll give, you, I'll give him credit for that. Like, I'll always be objective and say, okay, he gets credit for that. But he's missed so many, he's going to yeah. need to nail, like, his next 10 draft picks to, to, dig, to dig him out of it. Because, look, and I think this is actually uh, uh, just – it's very uh, promising for Hertz that he's doing well with a guy like Matt Pryor blocking for him on the right side who was awful. I thought Sayamalu didn't particularly play all that well. Um, you know, the receivers, um, you know, it's, they're getting open a little bit, but he's delivering the ball accurately where it needs to be. Like the placements he's yeah. putting on these, these passes are exactly where they need to be. Like that's the difference between just a good quarterback and a guy who can be a great quarterback. Right. So, like, I think Hertz is covering up a lot of Howie's mistakes, which 
what could be which could be a sign that he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. But anyway, but what I was going to say was like even all this stuff aside, if you can't at this point even acknowledge, despite the roster flaws, that this was mainly a Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman issue. Throw Howie aside. If you can't see the difference between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, then you're, you're just no, throwing all objectivity out the door. It's true, Mike, and I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks. Yeah, and I'll say this about Howie. Like, you can say that Howie, oh, he missed on all these picks, and yeah, I mean, he missed on Ortega Whiteside, obviously. He may have missed on Rager. We'll see. Dillard, we'll see. It's not looking good right now. But all I'll say is this. And you could say, okay, well, he hit on Hurts. That's just one pick. You hit on a quarterback, that is worth a lot more than one pick. You hit on a quarterback, that is a franchise-changing pick. And, you know, I know the Howie haters won't want to hear it, and I'm not telling you how he's been perfect. I'm not telling you how he's been great. But if they hit on Jalen Hurts, and, and Jalen Hurts can end up being the franchise quarterback, that makes up for a whole hell of a lot of mistakes. And we'll go through, in this hour, we will go through the financial implications of all this. Because hitting on Jalen Hurts gives the Eagles so much freedom to possibly remedy some of the mistakes that have been made in regards to this roster. Um, And you got to give Howie credit for that. And it, it is so crazy. If you told me back in April, we'd be sitting here in December, and we'd be saying the Jalen Hurts pick might actually save Howie and Doug's jobs? And Carson Wentz might be the one out the door? I tell you, you're out of your mind. But that's where we are um, in 2020. 215-592-9494. John and Zach, promise I'll get you both you guys right when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. I wanted to address this as well, because I know this is something that people will uh, mention during the course of the day on Monday. Now, it goes without saying you should always be listening to Merrill and Mike um, for every broadcast. It's very well produced by uh, the staff of producers. I don't know. I mean, even though I'm feuding with most of the producers on the Eagles production staff, really, Kyle, you're probably the only one I'm not feuding with. <laughs> not yet. I mean, there's there's Mike, who obviously I'm feuding with, uh, Fritz, who I've been feuding with for years, Mosh, I, I mean, I guess I'm not feuding no. with Mosh. Yeah. I mean, nobody's feuding with Mosh. No. Uh, but, you know, you, you're, you're probably the only person I'm not feuding with. Maybe but, we just haven't been together long enough. Yeah, I, I, turned, I, I end up rubbing people the wrong way eventually, so I'm sure that'll happen at some point. But um, on the TV broadcast, um, it, I, I don't know. The, I don't even know who the play-by-play guy was. It's not really important. I think it was Brandon Galton. Brandon Galton. Uh, th- there you go. I'm sorry. I, th- that was unnecessary. I was here listening to Marilyn Mike, and I still had that. That was unnecessarily disrespectful <laughs> of me. I don't know why I just chose, chose to take out Brandon Galton. Um, now, now I'm making him Brandon Lee Galton. I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing there. But um, the color analyst was Akib Tlaib, and uh, there was a very mixed reaction about his commentary on Twitter, I really enjoyed him personally. Um, I thought he did a, a really good job. Now, you know, he's not the most polished broadcaster. He's a rookie broadcaster. He hasn't been doing this for very long. But uh, people become so accustomed to hearing the same kind of guys they always hear. Your Moose Johnstons. And your, you know, 
I don't know, insert whatever guy, Dan Fouts, whoever you want to throw in there, your typical, uh, you know, um, analyst that you're so used to hearing the way they do a game that anybody who sounds a little different, you immediately, you know, just have a negative reaction to. I thought Aqib Tlaib was very good. Um, his insight as far as defensive play, picking out coverages on every uh, on every play, like he was basically Tony Romo on the defensive side of the ball. Every play he lines up, he's like, all right, they're a man, they're in cover two, they're in cover three, they're shading here, they're doing this, they're doing that. You know, if you actually listen to what he's saying, I think you'd actually enjoy his commentary. Um, so I like to keep to leave. I want to know what people thought about him as a, a, an analyst during this game. Um, uh, but but I, I thought he did a really good job. And, you know, uh, it's one of these things where anybody that sounds a little different, you immediately write off. You really want Moose Johnston for the billionth time? Moose Johnston making his um, stupid, ridiculous car analogies? He had some kind of car analogy last week that was incoherent. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And then the very insightful... Um, uh, you know, an al- analysis that Carson Wentz misses Frank Reich because they were both Christians. Mm, that's that's new. Yeah, it's original, very original. <laughs> you know, Moose Johnston or been recycling the same, uh, you know, garbage analysis for the last twenty years. Yeah, Ch- uh, change just scares people. I think. Yeah, like I thought Talib was really good, and I guess you you didn't hear any. No, other- I didn't hear him. I had the pleasure of listening to Marilyn Mike. Of course, um, and they do a great job, obviously, but. If you get a chance, Kyle, if you get to watch the TV copy, I'd like to know what you what you thought of Aqib Tlaib, if okay. you do get a chance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not a polished broadcaster yet. It's his first year in the business. But I thought if you actually listen to what he's saying and listen to his analysis, uh, it was insightful. And, you know, a, a lot of these guys sound so bored and so starched and stiff, you could tell he was, like, excited, like he wanted to be there, he was uh, enjoying himself, he was enjoying the game, he was enjoying watching Jalen Hurts, like, he kept saying, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, this is great stuff, this is, this is, this is why the NFL's so great, like, you could tell he actually enjoyed what he was doing. Yeah, from what I gathered, it was kind of like watching it with one of your friends who's also a fan. Right. And instead of just recycling the same buzzwords and phrases over and over again that everybody else does. I wish more broadcasts were like this. I wish more networks would take chances rather than, you know, starched Brian Greasy on Monday night, um, you know, with his stupid takes. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed Tlaib, so I'd like to know what you thought of Aqib Tlaib. I, I I thought he did a nice job. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Talking about Carson Wentz, talking about Jalen Hurts. Where do you stand on the situation right now? Um, Jalen Hurts has been wildly impressive. And every day that passes, the chances of him becoming the franchise's quarterback increase, as they should. Let's go to John in Allentown. What's up, John? Hey, TK. How's it going, man? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Even if Hurts was not the answer at quarterback for the Eagles, Wentz will never be the answer ever again. And that, that's that's the bottom line. And I'm and I feel really good now. Listen, I was against the Hurts pick. I was I was hoping for a different pick, but now I'm glad we have him. Well, yeah, John. I think you're kind of you speaking know, for everybody. I think that's how we all felt. Nobody liked the pick that night, but yeah. looking back on it now, 
it looks like it was a brilliant pick. Yeah, I mean, I I thought they needed to pick a quarterback, but I, I didn't think it was going to be in round two. But uh, you know, Wentz, Wentz, I told you weeks and weeks and weeks ago, they should have made the change like five weeks ago. Maybe we might we might be in a better position to be in the playoffs. And Doug Peterson, in my opinion, is the only one out of the three. Again, I'm going to say it again. It's the only one who really deserves to keep his job. Once again, Jalen Hurts might have saved Peterson's job because now he he actually shows that Peterson did not forget how to call a game. I mean, it is Wentz that can't quarterback anymore. Now, whether it's the you know the mental, the physical, all piling up, whatever it is, he just can't play. And yeah. for, for whatever you want to say, I'll take a quarterback who played for Alabama and Oklahoma before I take a quarterback who ran rub shot over Division Two. Okay, I'll, that, I'll take that any day. <laughs> yeah, I, and John, I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to, uh, you know, have a career uh, in the NFL moving forward that is going to be productive. Like, obviously, he's going to get an I, opportunity. I there's a chance right. he might be able to. But mentally, you look at him, he's, he's cooked. Well, he's going to get an opportunity, I mean, and we'll see, John, but I, I would do agree with this. Like, I don't think it's going to work here. I think there have been too no. many things that have happened within the organization. It wouldn't. I certainly it, don't think it'll happen. It wouldn't with, matter. It wouldn't matter if Hertz was here or not. Yeah. It's, it's not it, It's not going to work here for him. Not after he watched Foles win the Super Bowl. That ghost has been riding his back ever since. No, and that... It, that it's, yeah, that could be part no, of it, but- John. No, and I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to work in the city, and I don't think it's going to work with Doug. Like, the, the Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson combination just doesn't just doesn't work. It's not working the way it's supposed to. And thankfully, because I think Doug's a good coach, I don't want to move on from Doug Peterson. I don't. And I think moving on from Doug, I've said it for weeks, would be a big Big mistake. And thankfully now, we have another quarterback that we can move forward with so we can be rid of Carson Wentz. Because let's face it, that that's the right move for this organization. It is. And some people might not want to admit it. They might want to live in the past. They might want to live in a world where 2017, you know, is the year you want to live in forever. That's gone. And maybe Carson Wentz will go somewhere else and have success. I'm not rooting against him. Um, whatever, he can go, you know, um, leak reports to the media elsewhere, whatever his camp is doing, this agenda that they've got going on now, uh, which is a little ridiculous. But, you know, you look at this situation right now, the team is better with Jalen Hurts. Doug Peterson is a better coach with Jalen Hurts. The players on this team are all made better by Jalen Hurts. And, I mean, I just, you look at Carson, he's ruined this season for us as Eagles fans. Like, let's face it. This is, if this change was made a month earlier, the Eagles would be walking into the playoffs right now. They would. And, you know, you look at this situation, it's it's kind of resolving itself right before our eyes. Because Jalen Hurts is doing everything he can to take this job. And I honestly think it's leaving the Eagles very little choice at the end of the year as far as what to do. Uh, whether it becomes between Carson and Doug, 
Uh, it's very clear to me what the choice is. Let's go to Zach in Newark. What's up, Zach? What's going on, TK? How's it going? So uh, I think there's no doubting that the Eagles fan base is pretty divided right now. You got Eagles fans, and then you got the anti-Jalen Hurts fans. And I think uh, I think Howie has a Howie and and Jeff have a big decision to make in this all season. If they decide, like let's assume Jalen Hurts balls out against the Cowboys and he balls out against uh, Washington, and regardless if they make the playoffs or not, and then you go through the off season and you put Jalen back behind Carson, I think that one does a huge disservice to the fans, and you're going to have a lot of people that just lose interest in the team. Well, Zach, yeah. I I think that's a great point. Like, if you bring both of them back, and and forget about the media, forget about the fans. How do you think that's going to play in the locker room? Like, exactly. you 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 bring these both these guys back, and these players on this roster see the way that that Carson played this year and the way Jalen played this year, and you don't even set it up where it's a competition, and you're just saying Carson's the guy. That's not going to play well within the locker room, right? And not not only would you divide the fan base even further, you would. They would be, like you said, a revolt almost, maybe a mutiny amongst the players. And I think we're hearing these rumors that Carson wants out because maybe he thinks that he can't win in a, in a battle for the, for the spot. Maybe he, he knows that you know, it's just over, and maybe this is his little hissy fit, you know? But <laughs> Well, you know, and Zach, I think that's very interesting. I think there is an aspect of that where, you know, and this is part of – and part of this is on the organization that they have – um, you know, made him feel entitled to certain things over the years. Right. But I think Carson is a guy who, based on what has happened the last few years and the Eagles catering to him and coddling him at every turn, he feels entitled to certain things. And, you know, it's why the reports come out, if I'm going to back up, I want to leave, and I don't want to compete. And it's why, I guess, the threat of having a competent backup has made him um collapse this year. But if that's, you know... If that really is the reason why he's playing so poorly, then he's not built to be a franchise quarterback in Philadelphia anyway. Yeah, and it's almost like the everybody that sees in front of your face the kind of quarterback that Jalen Hurts is, and everybody that's still trying to back Carson. Now, you know we're not Carson haters, but it's like it's it's like they they're living in I don't know if it's denial or maybe that they're still in the honeymoon phase of 2017. And I'm just afraid that Carson is never going to be that quarterback ever again. And the sooner we come to that realization, and you know the better better will be his fans you know yeah no I, I agree Zach and I appreciate the call man thanks um yeah and I think the organization is probably coming to that realization because uh, this decision in a lot of ways I think is being taken out of their hands like um they might not want to move on from Carson Wentz but the way Jalen Hurts is playing I'm not sure what choice they're really gonna have here like you look at at, at where at how Jalen Hurts is playing, and forget about the fans, forget about the media. Just look in the own, in your own locker room. If you decide you're going to bring Carson back, and he's going to be the starter, and you're not going to even have a competition, Jalen Hurts isn't going anywhere. You can't trade Jalen Hurts; he's your insurance policy. If Carson can't get fixed, and if you go into camp next year. And you just say Carson's the starter, no questions asked. Jalen, you're back to the bench. See how that go, play, go plays in your locker room. Um, see how your players respond to that in a sport where you know competition is what drives everybody. All you hear NFL coaches, NFL organizations talk about is competition, 
And we need competition at every position. That's what we want. See how that plays. If you come back and you put a guy who drastically underperformed this year and you put him back above a guy who way overperformed any expectations anybody had for him, that's not going to play well within your own locker room. Then you're going to have much bigger problems than us screaming about a quarterback controversy. You're going to have a real issue uh, within, within your own uh, facility. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Um, when we get back, this is something that, that I did some research on. And I wanted to go through for you. Because... Uh, Jalen Hurts, one of the things that impresses me the most about Jalen Hurts is the way that he, you know, evaluated his own play after this game and the way that he uh, looked at the way he performed. And I went back and I listened to some of the comments that Carson made after the Cleveland game, a game that obviously was, was dreadful for the Eagles offensively. And, uh, you know, it tells me a lot about both guys. So when we get back, I want to compare and contrast some of these comments. And, uh, you know, you can draw your own conclusions from it, but listen to the way Jalen Hurts talks after a game that he played very well, and listen to the way Carson Wentz talks after a game he played poorly. I at least thought it was interesting. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham. Find me on Twitter at TommyKelly44. We'll get back to the phones in a couple minutes here. Uh, but, um, you know, looking at the things that impress you about Jalen Hurts, um, and there is a lot to be impressed by, uh, the way he handled things on the field. As I said, um, to be down 16 nothing, this was, to me, far more impressive than what he did last week against the Saints. Against the Saints, everything kind of worked the way the Eagles wanted it to. The script kind of worked exactly how Doug had drawn it up to keep Jalen Hurts in advantageous positions where you build a lead, you're able to run the ball, you're able to protect him a little bit, not make him force the ball down the field, not make him push the ball down the field and make big-time throws uh, to, to create those big plays in the passing game. This game was not that. The Eagles fell behind early. They needed to make big plays in the passing game to get back in it. And you were going to find out a lot about Jalen Hurts at that point, but from a physical perspective, whether he could make the throws, and from a mental perspective and a poise perspective, could he, you know, handle being down in a game, stop the bleeding, and get the Eagles back in the football game? He passed both those tests uh, tremendously. And, you know, I, I, I... was interested to to watch his post-game press conference and see the way that he talked about it after the game. And you figure, you know, he's obviously going to be upset that the Eagles didn't win. But you figure that Jalen Hurts is going to be rather excited after that kind of performance. Um, I was very impressed as well by the way he spoke after the game. And... 
you know, it led me to go on a little bit of a, you know, mini project before the show where I listened to Jalen Hurts and the way he responds to this loss. And then I went back and I listened to Carson following the Cleveland Browns game, where if you remember that about a month ago, it was terrible. The Eagles don't do anything offensively, shut out in the first half. Carson turns the ball over a few more times, and it was an ugly performance all the way around. And I wanted to kind of compare and contrast the way Jalen Hurts talks after the game about his performance and about the football team, and then about how Carson talks after the game about his performance and um, how he feels he played. So I want to listen to some of this sound real quick, and we'll go back and forth between the two. And you can draw the conclusions for yourself. Uh, But first, here is Jalen Hurts. This is after the game, talking about the two sacks that he took late on what turned out to be the second-to-last drive that set the Eagles back. Um, They had the third and goal play that Dallas Goddard probably should have caught. Uh, But here is Jalen Hurts on taking those two sacks. Some of them were. Um, we had the opportunity. You know, I, I took two sacks. Can't take two sacks in any type of two-minute drill. Um, try getting the ball out, getting it out fast, just making quick decisions. But, um, you know, opportunity. We got great receivers out there and giving them opportunity to make a play. Athletic guys jumping, making a play. And, I'm not, you know, the balls fell in our <laughs> in our favor once this year. Not today, though. So, um, it's opportunity for um, – us to learn, me to learn, and self-reflect on on this on this game and this um this experience and and move forward and um you know, trying to do my part moving forward and helping this team. Now that's Jalen Hurts uh, taking two sacks and yeah there were pressure on the plays. Um, taking accountability, you don't hear a mention of anything as far as Matt Pryor got beat. He got beat on both plays. There was pressure from the right side. Um, you don't hear Jalen Hurts say that in that clip. You hear him say, I got to get the ball out. Um, it's a learning experience for me. I'll be able to learn and be better next time at, at you know getting rid of the ball in that situation, giving my receivers a chance to make a play. Now, the next cut I want to play is from Carson. Now, if you remember this play, this was a pick six where – Carson Wentz on this play has Jalen Rager open, does not throw the football, instead holds it, then looks to dump it down uh, to Miles Sanders in the flat. Here was Carson Wentz and his analysis of what happened on that pick six. The last part of the question, yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't want to float it out there um, the way that happens. Anytime you get hit when you throw, it's a it's a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling because, you know, the ball is just kind of floating in the air. You're hoping it falls to the ground. But um, I'll have to go back and watch the tape. I mean, we were trying to – uh, do something against that specific coverage, and it wasn't there. So I was just trying to check it down and um, got hit on it. So unfortunate there. I mean, you hear twice in the clip, he mentions that he got hit. Uh, I I mean, I think that was intentional. I, maybe I'm drawing too many conclusions from that. But twice in that clip, Carson Wentz mentions he got hit, doesn't mention that he's got to get the ball out quicker, just mentions that there was pressure and he got hit. Um, just something to take note of. Here's more from Jalen Hurts uh, from after this game on Sunday, uh, giving his thoughts on the game and, and how he played. You know, I look back on this game and I think about it, it's simply not being enough. Um, it's simply not being enough. You know, you know we're, we're a good enough team where we control our own destiny. Um, go out there and 
left money on the table, missed opportunities and self-inflicted wounds. And um, I could care less to hear any of the young stuff, second start stuff, rookie stuff. Um, you know, we have a standard we want to play to. I personally have a standard I want to play to. And um, you just got to find a way to get it done. It's definitely a learning experience. But um, it's something that we can definitely learn from. Um, definitely. Again, you know, not mincing any words, taking full accountability. I mean, was that a dog barking at the end? Did you hear that, Kyle? Yeah, it definitely sounded well, like something. Somebody, I guess, on the Zoom may have left their <laughs> mic open. I heard that dog bark at the end. I, guess, I don't think there was a, a dog at the uh, State Farm Stadium, I guess is what it's called in Arizona. <laughs> is that what it's called now? It is. Huh. It used to be. Yeah, I don't know what it used to be. Um, but oh, it was University of Phoenix Stadium, wasn't it? There you go. I guess so. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll take your word for it. But uh, Jalen Hurts putting it on himself, taking accountability for his mistakes, and says, "Yeah, I don't want to hear about it being my second start. I got to be better. Um, and I'm gonna take accountability for that." Here's more from Carson. This is um again after the Browns game, talking about uh him not being hesitant when asked. No, not at all. I haven't changed. I mean, I'm trying to be smart and all that, but as far as hesitation, when I see a guy open, I'm cutting it loose. And so um, the pick six, that's that's unfortunate. Guy made a good play by adding um, and bringing the blitz off the edge. And uh, obviously getting hit on, on that, like I said, is, is not ideal with the ball floating in there. But they made a good play there. And um, the other ones, no. I mean, I, I'm not hesitating. I, I You know, I – they made some plays too, and ideally I get the ball out there quicker, but, you know, it was unfortunate um, to be in the end zone there and taking that sack. But, um, you know, hats off to them. They made a good play. I mean, does it sound like there's much accountability being taken there? Excuses, excuses. Uh, I, again, I got hit. You know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I mean. Yeah, situation wasn't ideal. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, one guy's in his fifth year. One guy's in his second start. Uh, and the guy in his second start sounds like the guy in his fifth year. And the guy in his fifth year sounds like the, the rookie who's making excuses for why he's not playing well. Um, here's one more from Jalen. Here's Jalen Hurts when asked about how he's adjusting to the speed of the NFL game. You know, <laughs> me being able to <laughs> throw the ball away, um, get it out fast, you know, th- those things that you're applauding me for were, were not enough. It w- wasn't enough today. Um you know, I I think I hate losing more than I love to win. And um, it, it's not a great feeling, but it's a learning lesson. Um, it, it's a lesson. And, um, you know, every, everything everything can be better moving forward. Um, so, hey, I, <laughs> I get to reflect on it. Got a, got a nice little uh, plane ride back to um, think about some things and back to work. Back to work. That's a guy that just played well, too. Like, doesn't sound like Jalen Hurts played well when he's 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 pretty much blaming the media for making excuses for him. Hates losing more than he likes winning. And and it just like, it how refreshing is it to just hear a guy talk like an actual human being and actually show legitimate emotions rather than oh we'll go get him next week yeah. and they the hats off to the defense. Uh, you know. <laughs> 
maybe there's a reason why the teammates respond to him the way they do as opposed to Carson Wentz. And now here's one more from Carson when asked about why things weren't getting better uh, back at that point against Cleveland. It's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to give some credit to that defense. You know, they, they made some plays, um, no excuses on the conditions, but, the, you know, it, it made it tough. And then some of the turnovers and different things, um, you know, we can be better and we can. And, you know, we left some plays out there, but but they made more than us today. And um, it's hard to put my finger on exactly what went wrong fully. Uh, I know one of the big ones is third downs. You know, last week and this week, we've really struggled on third down and finding a way to stay on the field is um, really been our, you know, our name of the game over the years. And, you know, that's, that's how we need to be as an offense. And we're, we're not sustaining drives and staying on the field. So that's something we're going to have to take a hard look at. I mean, you hear Carson, it's the weather, the conditions, uh, the defense making plays. You know, he, he basically said he didn't want to blame the conditions while blaming the conditions. And then you listen to Jalen Hurts. And that was Carson Wentz after a, an awful game, an awful game. You hear Jalen Hurts after a good performance in his second start as an Eagle, taking all the accountability on himself, all the blame on himself. That's what a leader does. That's what, you know, the face of your franchise should do. And that's how a face of your franchise should speak after a game. Now, you can't take everything from that, but I found it to be, you know, very interesting the difference in answers between the two where one guy takes no accountability one guy is making excuses uh you know it's this it's that I got hit on the play there's bare weather all this other stuff well Jalen Hurts you know he looks at it and says I don't want you to make excuses for me I didn't do enough to win this game I hate losing and I didn't do enough and it just speaks volumes to the mental, uh, to the mindset of each of these players right now. One guy is in the, the right mindset. One guy is focused solely on winning. And the other guy is focused on optics and how it looks and where blame is going to be placed and how things are going to be parsed out. And you can see that in, you know, some of the, you know, reporting that's come out, I think, uh, some of the leaks. And you look at Jalen Hurts, it just strikes me as more of a leader right now. Um, and I, I just thought those comments following each of those games uh, was pretty interesting. 215-592-9494. We'll get right back to the phones when we get back. Um, and uh, we'll get Chris and Williams down on first. I want to uh, talk to Chris when we return. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday morning. Very excited to hear what Doug Peterson has to, has to say today at 8 a.m. on with the morning show. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see if Doug will commit to naming a starter. I wonder who it, I wonder who it's going to be, Kyle. Ooh, boy. <laughs> As Doug once again uh, refused to name a starting quarterback following this game. Uh, I'm sure he's really agonizing over this decision. It's uh, it's a, quite the mystery. <laughs> I, I said it last week, but it would be so funny if he just came out and said, you know what? We're going with Carson. It's like, Dallas. Carson's my guy. We're going back to Carson. Carson <laughs> doesn't want to be your backup. You know, we're going back to Carson. You straight up say Carson Wentz gives us a better chance to win. Oh, please. Please, Doug. I mean, that would just be amazing. But in all seriousness, um, 
we're trying to take the pulse of the fan base tonight. Where do you stand? You know, do you want to move forward with Carson Wentz and kind of stick to the plan and chalk this up as a bad year, maybe get rid of Doug, change the coaching staff and try to fix Carson? Or do you move forward with Javelin Hurts and trade Carson Wentz? And I feel the tide turning, you know, and uh, not to say I've been leading this movement, but I've been on this for a few weeks here. Um, and I, I think, you know, anybody who's seeing this thing without biased uh, eyes and, and wants to see see it for what it is, realizes that Carson Wentz has been a big problem and Jalen Hurts is playing at an extremely high level. And the more we go through now, this is becoming less and less about Carson, where before it was about Carson and whether you can fix Carson and whether you need to move on from Carson. But now it's becoming much more about you might just have to put Jalen Hurts on the field. Like, this kid can play. This kid can play at an NFL level. And uh, we talked about it earlier. He just passes the eye test. Physically, you know, uh, size-wise, those kind of things, maybe he's not going to check every box. But the kid can play. The kid is a gamer. And he showed it on Sunday, down 16 nothing. Finding a way to get the Eagles back in that game. Keeping his composure. Keeping his poise. Regardless of what else is around him. He was able to get it done and get the Eagles back in that game. And if Dallas, Dallas Goddard makes a play on that final drive, the Eagles might win. I mean, they score a touchdown. They, they're going to go for two, obviously. They get it. Defense gets a stop. They win that game and it goes down as a comeback we'll remember forever and we might still remember it forever as the day that shifted you know the kind of line of thinking within the Eagles organization yeah Goddard catches that pass and I mean we're already talking about this as though it was a great performance by Jalen Hurts but you add a game-winning touchdown to that I mean this this city would explode yeah and it's becoming much you know it's becoming less and less about Carson and that says all you know you need to know about Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts has played phenomenally three straight weeks. Coming in the Green Bay game, last week against New Orleans, and what he did against Arizona. I don't care if you're a rookie quarterback. I don't care if you're a fifth-year quarterback. I don't care if you're a 10-year vet. What he did in that game with those adverse circumstances, that defense that was teeing off, that's a fast defense, that's a quality defense. Jalen Hurts brought the Eagles back. Jalen Hurts was picking on Patrick Peterson in this game. Which, just think about the confidence you got to have as a rookie to go at a vet like Patrick Peterson, one of the best corners in the NFL over the last decade. And Jalen Hurts is picking on him. Um, And, you know, you look at this, I think it's going to make it very difficult for the Eagles to move forward with Carson going forward. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Chris in Williamstown. What's up, Chris? You know, Tom... Uh, first off, Merry Christmas, but I don't talk to you. And happy uh, Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Chris. Um, you today is actually my birthday. You know, I, I, oh, I'm birthday. trying to enjoy this as best I can. Happy birthday, Chris. Thank you. So first things first, having a key to leave in the game broadcast, too, is absolutely sickening. I couldn't even listen to it because of how many times he referred to him as Pat P. I was like, oh. I, 
Well, well, you pre- you're, 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 you're preferential to a guy like Moose Johnston recycling him for the billionth time? You'd rather have Moose Johnson on the broadcast? Uh, it, but to have an ex Cardinal, yeah, it just it just made it unlistenable. Um, what does that What does that matter? They have ex ex Cowboys call Cowboys games all the time. Troy Aikman, Moose Johnson, they call yeah, Cowboys yeah. games all the time. Of course, I was enjoying listening to Marilyn Michael ninety four. Well, of course, that goes without saying. You know, and look, I think the bridge is burned between Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm going to give you some you know reasons why you're hearing the reports. Why I think you're hearing the reports. He's unhappy. He's un, you know he doesn't want to be backup. You know, and, and Jalen Hurts, buddy, you've been through the things that Carson Wentz has been through. You have these injuries. You have setbacks. I'd like to see what kind of quarterback you turn into, whether you crumble up like RG3 or you turn into a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who's still trying to make something of his career. You know, that's when we'll really see whether Jalen Hurts is is really that special. Because we were saying the same thing about Carson Wentz when he got drafted, and, and then now we're sitting here changing our tone. You know, I... I, I well, he's not, I mean, he's not the same player. He's not the same player that he was then. I, and that, that is true. At the same time, watching even Zach Ertz get involved today, you know, that, that was just like you really see how much better the team is playing when they have another quarter. Yes, I, I grant you that. But I, I, I take a lot of blame to, yes, Doug first, but I also take a lot of the blame to Howie Roseman. You know, how do you miss two years in a row on absolute stud wide receivers that could have helped Carson Wentz and you know, giving him a legit player out there, well, not a washed up Alshon Jeffrey, well, well, not a washed up Deshaun Jackson. No, no, Chris, I got you, but let me stop you for for a second here. How do you explain all these guys playing so much better with Jalen Hurts at quarterback? You just think magically they started trying harder or something? Like you say, you say, well, no, you you're the one who said Carson had nothing, and you know he's got nobody to throw to. How do you explain all of these players playing better with Jalen Hurts at quarterback? Because Jalen Hurts is the reason he's playing better. He's the one who's making it happen. You don't see Carson Wentz out there who's not playing well overthrowing guys. Look, I give a lot of credit to the way he's playing, but he's, he, you know, let's be honest. He, he hasn't taken the licks Carson Wentz has. He hasn't had the setbacks. All those oh things God. compiled have been reasons why he is not, you know, playing at the level he played at when he was making guys like Alshon Jeffrey look good, when he was making Zach Hurts still, you know, uh, still relevant. And, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm giving you credit. You're right. He's not the same player. And I, but I do think you, you send him somewhere else, and he turns out to be, you know, a good quarterback around good talent, he might become, you know, it, it, there's levels of how good you can be. Each player, regardless whether it's a quarterback, wide receiver, Miles Sanders played great today. That's the level I'm talking about. When you have guys around you that are playing at an equally good level as you, then it makes it a lot easier for you to go out there and play your game. Carson Wentz is not able to do that. Jalen Hurts, fresh Jalen Hurts, yes, he could play at a heroic level and be uh, even marginally good and still do better because he he doesn't have the problems that Carson Wentz has. I also think the play calling is different. I think Doug Peterson is calling more one plays for him and option plays that Carson Wentz just can't run anymore. Well, there That's are Doug not adapting. Well, there, well, there are so, well, Chris. I mean, you don't so you don't think, but you don't think Carson has any say over the plays that are called. Come on, Chris, you know better than that. I, I do, and when he kills it, it's it's, it's a designed run, and it's not. It, he, he's trying. I think Doug is trying to make him do too much. 
for a quarterback who's been through what he's been through. And he's trying to, to, to make him into something he's not instead of tailoring his game plan to who he is. But, now, Chris, Chris, you what can't, but, you can Chris, throw the ball once what, in a while, but you need to incorporate the run more and they lack that. Chris, like, but but why do you believe that this is Doug just not calling plays that Carson Wentz is adept at running? Why do you think Carson Wentz doesn't have any say over because the plays that are being he run? He play better than he is. He thinks he could play a 2017 Carson Wentz, and that's not who he is. No, I got you, Chris, and I appreciate the call. I don't think Doug Peterson thinks that. I think Carson Wentz thinks that. And, and you know, if you think – that, that Carson doesn't have any say over the plays that are called when he's in there. You're just being naive. You are. Dougie said he wants Carson to have say in the offense. Carson has a lot of say as what's, as to what plays are being run when he's in there. I don't just buy this, this notion that Doug just magically becomes a smart play caller when Jalen Hurts is in there and he changes his approach completely. Uh, of course, there are things that Jalen Hurts can do that Carson Wentz can't do, so you're going to see some different designs, some different elements to the offense. But, you know, it's just the excuse-making, man. It's just the excuse-making of uh, of Carson Wentz is, is being, you know, um, hurt by everything around him. And it's just, uh, over the last two weeks, it's been proven not to be true. I mean, Doug's play calling when he has a quarterback that will stick to the script, stick to what he's supposed to do, can function at a high level. The players around him. The offensive line is bad. We all know that. But a quarterback that gets the ball out can make that line look better. The weapons on the outside, who we said, oh, Carson's got no receivers. Well, the receivers look a lot better with a new quarterback in there. So, you know, you can choose to see it, or you can keep saying the same thing we've said all year, but the evidence is all there that things aren't that bad. They're not nearly as bad as we thought when there's a competent quarterback um, in the game, which Jalen Hurts is. Let's go to Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Things. Well, I, I, I do think uh, Alshon is actually trying now, but we, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to say, well, I'm cautiously optimistic. I do agree with you overall, is that, one, it, you know, I don't really like the style of offense with a with the Jalen Hurts kind of quarterback, where you're running a, a kind of an option offense, the quarterback's running 10 times a game. I think that the best style of play is the play that Carson wants to play, at, which is that pocket passer style. And it, with a bad team and a bad offensive line, you just can't do that. And that's why I think Jalen Hurts, with the way the team is now, with this kind of crappy line and the, his ability to run out and make the pocket and, play, and, and the way he plays a first read passing attack, it makes it, he's going to look a lot better. Right now, and that, but I still think that style of play is eight and eight, nine and seven at best. Yeah, I mean, so that's I, I why mean, I'm optimistic. I mean, the Ravens went. The Ravens went what fourteen and two last year playing that style. Yeah, well, they had a great defense. So if the Eagles' defense isn't isn't suit that offense, you see that now, and it can win. But I don't think it's going to win. Like I don't think it wins long term. And you need that guy to be in the pocket. Not that Taylor can't do that eventually, but I think that's why you're going to see these kind of aberration results right now the way things are also it's you know it's two games in that they're kind of playing um you know i don't think there's a book out on Jalen hurts or what their eagles are trying to do with him yet and, and also you don't know how long you know they're going to be able to sustain a running back a quarterback taking that kind of punishment getting you know trying to run the ball so much yeah but, the time. I, but i'll say this chris i mean for a guy who runs as much as he does 
he protects himself very well. Like he doesn't yeah, take yeah, a lot of big shots here. He he's you know, really it's only not one hit though, a low hit or an ankle hit or a head shot. All it takes is yeah, but I mean, kind of you can get hit in the pocket too. You know? Yeah, well, when you have a crappy line, you do. But if you look at you know the way Carson had the line in the years he's been really successful, he didn't get hit that much in the pocket. He still got hurt on other things he did that were silly when he was kind of running outside the pocket. But you know, I, I still I, I agree with you 100 percent that I think you got to go forward. Jalen Hurts moving forward just because the way the organization has kind of handled Carson. You don't know. I mean, I, I agree that what he said, um, you know, coming after the guy, I don't expect him to want to be a backup. I imagine there was promises made when they signed that long-term contract behind closed doors that he probably feels a little bit betrayed. And I would certainly feel the same way as well. So I'm not going to fault him on that stuff. Yeah, but, but, but uh, Chris, I'll, I'll say, doesn't, doesn't he need to live up to playing to a certain level to hold up his end of the bargain? Because I, I would, sure. I would argue, I would argue that Carson Wentz hasn't held up his end of the bargain playing to the level where the Eagles felt he would be playing at. I agree, I agree with that, and I, but I do think he's trying to play in a way that just does is not going to work with the way the team's constructed right now. And right now with this team, Dale Hurts with this line is playing can play better with you know. You see, I, I don't really think he progresses through the reads that quickly. He looks first read, and he's, and he's giving receivers a chance, which they like. And Alshon's actually trying, because you know he has this thing with Carson, and you saw in that game where Carson threw that kind of fade route to him on that corner, he barely even jumped for the ball, yeah. and now he's like, you know, selling out on plays, and you know, you knew that was going to happen. Well, no, 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 you didn't, Chris. Chris, Chris I, I got to ask you, though, seriously. So you think that Alshon Jeffrey was purposefully sabotaging Carson Wentz when he was in the game, and, you know, you, you truly believe that is what Alshon Jeffrey did. A guy who's trying to get another contract next year. It's not in his best interest. He he doesn't have a contract for next season. It's in his He's best interest to play well. I mean, uh, Chris, he probably is. So, But you think a guy that's trying to get signed next year is purposefully playing poorly despite his quarterback. You truly believe that? I, I actually, for him, I do. After the comments that he did, all the stuff he said prior, I think um, Alshon was a Foles guy. He didn't want Carson. He didn't want Carson to go from the jump. After once he dropped that pass in the playoff game, and he got kind of blamed and ragged on. He's been a completely different. He's been kind of blaming the quarterback all time. But that was, stuff. but that was Foles who threw that pass, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> it was Foles threw the pass. I, I know that, but I still think he's been. I, he's had a thing with Carson, you know the, the, the history there. Yeah, at, and I, I purposely think you, you saw the games. Where was he? The yeah. other game, the other games, he wasn't a factor at all. It wasn't. Yeah, because the quarterback, because the quarterback couldn't get him the ball. I appreciate the call, Chris. Like, I mean, like, okay, we 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 could debate it before Jalen Hurts has played, but I feel like now the evidence is kind of on my side at this point. Like, uh, Kyle, d- does it make any sense to you? That despite, I don't care if Alshon Jeffrey likes Carson Wentz or not. I don't care if they're buddy-buddy off the field. Does it make sense to you that Alshon Jeffrey would be purposefully sabotaging Carson Wentz and that that's something that the Eagles would, would, would reward him with more snaps if they saw him and thought he was playing poorly? Obviously, Doug has said... Pretty much straight out, he thinks Alshon's playing okay. Yeah. So they think Alshon is doing the things they want Alshon to do. Does it make any sense that he would be intentionally playing more poorly with Carson Wentz as he looks to try to sign a contract next year? No, I mean these are professional football players. They don't they don't do that kind of thing. I mean these guys have their own, like you said, contracts on the line, their own livelihood on the line. Why would they mess with somebody else's? Right. Like Alshon Jeffrey is focused on one thing. 
and that is getting a contract next season for as much money as he can get a contract for and playing football in 2021. I, I don't think Alshon Jeffrey really honestly gives a damn who's the quarterback here next year. No, I don't think he does either. Actually, and can I also address just one other thing that that caller mentioned? He sure. said about uh, our offense not being like sustainable and compared it to Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and stuff. I know they had a good defense, but I would contend that what is, if you haven't, a poor to average defense. What's the best thing you as an offense can do? Possess the ball. Possess the ball, run the ball. That style of offense can, you know, make a bad defense look pretty decent. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I disagree with that too. I actually think that's where the league's going uh in general. And these kind of quarterbacks, the Jacksons and the Murrays and Jalen Hurts, I think you're going to see a trend over the next few years. A lot of uh, more teams looking for these kind of guys. Deshaun Watson, these kind of dual-threat quarterbacks who are explosive in the run game, um, they open up so many more options for you. So, yeah, I disagree as well. Yeah, and and think about, because everyone's excuse for these, you know, this new style of quarterback is all like, it, it's not sustainable, they'll get hurt or something like that. But the NFL itself is evolving and adding rules to protect these quarterbacks and these players from those, you know, the the unnecessary hits, hits out of bounds, hits when they slide, the helmet to helmet stuff. The league is trending in a direction that's going to be more sustainable for these guys in the future. I think. Yeah. They have long careers. Definitely, I, I agree. And yeah, I, I mean, I appreciated Chris's call. I just disagreed with him uh, in a lot of areas. There. Let's get Dave and Cherry Hill in here. What's up, Dave? Hey, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Yeah, um, I'd like to see here some uh, film clips from. Um, Carson, after a loss in his rookie year, to see how that would compare to the film clips from Hertz, just because they're both the comparison after a loss when in the 17 or something like that, or 16. Okay. Um, you know, I don't have those uh, at my disposal right now, but, but um, you know, wouldn't you think a guy in his fifth year would be more accountable than a rookie? Well, yeah, but he's he's had five years of of interviews after losses and wins, and uh, his comments are just going to be different. They're going to be based on more of a long history than than being a fresh talent. So you're just okay with with excuse making, and it's everybody else's fault but mine. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Oh, okay. I'm fine with that. He's going to answer differently. But really, what I called about was a couple other things. Uh, uh, Howie Roseman. Uh, I think he'll probably be here next year, and uh, I think he also needs a co GM a talent evaluator to share with. I think that Howie has proven that he can work with somebody else. He's not that my way or the highway kind of uh, GM. Uh, He worked with Joe Douglas, and he could work with somebody else that's uh, equally good. And uh, and I also think that that, uh, Peterson ought to uh, give up the play-calling job, Uh, not because he can't do it well, after, because it, he needs to see the bigger picture. He needs to manage the whole team. Dave, after the these last team. two games, you want Doug giving up play call? The offense looks a lot better. Why do you want him giving up play calling now? Well, he would still have decision-making when to go for it, but uh, I, as I just said, he needs to see the bigger picture. He needs to manage the whole team. He manage, He needs to coach the, uh, the special teams, the uh, the uh, uh, defense. He needs to get involved in more of the game. I think when you... Or the play caller, it consumes you, and uh, I just think it would be a better team overall if he but gave it up. He's, but he's an offensive head coach. That's what offensive head coaches do. They call, they call the plays. That's why he's they, here. They also coach the whole team. 
Yeah, but 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 I mean, you have you other other coaches to to handle that. And and then they've still got need to be overseen. Yeah, he no. Could put his he could put his fingerprints on the whole game, and I think he'd be a better coach. I got you, Dave. I appreciate the call. Thanks. I odd time to ask Doug to give up play calling. I I think Doug's play calling has proven over the last couple of weeks to be fine. Now there are definitely coaching changes that should be made. I mean, Dave Fipp. Um, I mean, as we talk about, Anthony Lynn is like as fired as any head coach can be. Dave Fipp is like the equivalent to that on the Eagles staff. I don't know what has happened to the Eagles special teams. I've never seen Eagles special teams this bad in my lifetime, ever. It's 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 insane how bad they are. They were really they were pretty pretty good under Andy Reid. Chip Kelly took special teams to a whole nother level. He would like prioritize free agent signings, get guys in who were like special teams aces, and you could see it. It's the it one. Awesome. It's the one thing I'll give Chip credit yeah. for. They had great special teams, great and he he brought teams. Fip in. Like I think you know Chip brought in maybe it was Kamugurje Hill for special teams. Chris Maragos, Maragos, was one of those guys, right. yeah, bunch of guys, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I can't remember because, I mean, Harbaugh came in in 99, and ever since then, the Eagles have had very good special teams. But you look at, ever, I mean, the missed field goals every week. I mean, just a calamity of errors on Sunday between the blocked punt and the uh, botched snap, which, by the way, Rick Lovato, you pick a hell of a time for a bad snap. The one time that you got... Uh, you know, your backup holder in there. And should the Eagles have gone for two? Maybe, but I don't know. I mean, if it's a good snap, maybe they had confidence Ertz would get it down. Like, Ertz had no chance to get that snap down. It was a terrible snap. No, I'm, Ertz was, Doug said that Ertz is their backup holder. So, I mean, he's had to have practiced. He's, you know, he's not totally green to handling a snap. Right. So, yeah, I mean, but a bad time for Rick Lova- Lovato to make a bad snap when I I feel like he's never done that before. Uh, 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, uh, we'll get right back to the phones when we get back. Steve, you'll be up first. Um, and I also want to play a cut because uh, Dave and Jerry Hill have brought up the idea of somebody working alongside with Howie. And this story somehow flew... So far under the radar this weekend. Had nothing to do with the game on Sunday, but it's a massive deal. Um, Reporting from Mike Garofalo on NFL Network about uh, an addition to the Eagles front office. Um, And and it's a big one. We'll get to this when we return. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, Kyle and I have our Week 15 recap coming up at 5 o'clock in the final segment of the show. Um, so we'll we'll let you know everything that happened in the NFL. Wild day uh, in the league. Uh, we'll let you know what happened um, when we uh, do the recap. But um, we'll get more into this story tomorrow when I'm on. But I needed to mention it here because this news, I feel like flew way under the radar this weekend. Like, I hadn't heard anything about it um, until, you know, I think early Sunday morning. But uh, it's a big deal within the Eagles organization. As we talk about what's going to happen with the front office, you know, obviously talking about the quarterback situation, but the, you know, front office is obviously going to have a massive say in what happens with the quarterbacks. 
and who stays and who goes and whether the Eagles move forward in the future with Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. Um, And, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussion about Howie Roseman and whether he will be back next year. I'm on record as saying I would bring Howie back. I think Howie has demonstrated over the course of a long period of time that he does provide um, value to an organization. He has missed on draft picks, certainly. Missed on some signings, certainly. But I feel like the big picture decisions, Howie usually does a nice job with. And hey, if the Eagles hit on Jalen Hurts here, which it's only three games, but you can just tell sometimes. And I feel like you can tell Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. Whether it's going to be for this franchise or somebody else, he is a franchise quarterback. And if the Eagles hit on that pick and can kind of reset their clock as far as paying a quarterback, that makes up for so much. It's a big deal, and that makes up for a lot of other mistakes. And I think the most likely scenario is that Howie stays and they reshape the front office around him. And they take some of the decision-making off his plate and give it to another executive, a high-ranking guy who has, you know, a history of personnel success. And then there's this report that comes out from Mike Garofalo about John Dorsey being hired as a consultant by the Eagles. Um, Now, here is Mike Garofalo um, on uh, John Dorsey and his role currently with the Eagles organization. That's a big deal. And and we always make fun of that music that they play. I saw you bouncing around to it in there, Kyle. I was jamming. Yeah, you know, I was just kind of picturing cuz you know when they play that music they're usually showing like highlights or pictures. Right. I'm just picturing like badass pictures of Dorsey like that, that's with exactly hand, with his hand on his chin and like in sunglasses walking across the field. Did, did I get uh, pretty exa- close there? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's basically just like John Dorsey, like strolling along yeah. the sideline. Oh yeah, you know John Dorsey, like shaking hands with another obje- <laughs> observing uh, ob- uh, executive in slow motion on the field. <laughs> really good stuff. And if you remember Dorsey, if you watch Hard Knocks, he was the Browns GM at the time, and he was always, you know, they had that dog running through the office. Oh, yeah. uh, and um, yeah, that was John Dorsey, but. John Dorsey is that that's not just, you know, kind of a no name executive who is, you know, in here to to consult with Howie. And of course, he is. That's his role right now as consultant. Um, But John Dorsey is a big name. Like this is a guy who has a long track record of success in the NFL. He worked with Andy in Kansas City. So there's your link to the Eagles organization right there. Then um, took over the Browns operation after, uh, I believe, Sashi Brown was fired. And, you know, John Dorsey is largely responsible for what's going on in Cleveland right now. And you see the way they have turned it around, a franchise that has been nothing for pretty much ever since they came back in the NFL in the mid-90s. John Dorsey set them up for the success they're having now. And, you know, he was the guy who drafted Baker Mayfield, which, whatever you think about Baker, I mean, Baker is looking like one of the better quarterbacks from that draft class. It looks like Lamar is probably the best one of that class. But, I mean, they could have taken Sam Darnold. They could have taken Josh Rosen. 
they took Baker, May- Baker Mayfield. That looks like a pretty good evaluation there. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how – do we know how long Dor- Dorsey's been with the Eagles? Uh, they said since right before the 2020 draft. Okay, so he was with the Eagles for yes. the draft. Well, there's another link. Yeah. Because, and no, no pun intended, uh, as we talk about Lincoln Riley. But um, <laughs> John Dorsey drafted a Lincoln Riley quarterback, Baker Mayfield, with the Cleveland Browns. Maybe John Dorsey had a, a, a large say in the Eagles selecting Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, you can definitely draw that conclusion. I think another one of the bigger aspects to this is that John Dorsey's strengths kind of perfectly align with what Howie's weaknesses are. Right. And I think vice versa. So maybe that's kind of what they're going for here. Yeah, John Dorsey kind of got in trouble with, I, I guess, some, some what, cap issues? It was, yeah, some cap issues, like bad trades. Like he would, you know, he, he didn't really know what he was doing with some late round picks. I think took Antonio Callaway, which is a bad pick. Right. Some of them he kind of just packages and gets wild and trades, stuff like that. But we've seen how he kind of hit more on the later later picks as good depth. We see that right now. And John Dorsey's probably more well-known for hitting on the higher guys. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, I think, was was a later one. Tyreek Hill was a later one, too. But Mayfield, uh, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, you know, those are all high picks that uh, Dorsey nailed. Yeah, and Ward was a guy. And Ward was, people were criticizing that pick. Very at the much time. so. Oh, yeah. Um, And that turns, and Denzel Ward's a really good player. So, yeah, it does balance it out where, where Howie has been good in the late rounds. You know, we criticize him for the early rounds, but, you know, he finds a guy like Malata in the seventh round. He's good at finding those developmental players. If you can hire Dorsey, and if I was the Eagles, I would absolutely be trying to keep Dorsey around in a full-time capacity. Um, he'd be a really nice addition to this front office. Yeah, I think some people where they're hesitant about Dorsey is the, you know, kind of what I mentioned, how he can kind of go off on his own and be like a cowboy. But I think the role that we have him here uh, doing, like kind of just being an assistant to Howie, a talent evaluator, and not just the guy that's totally running the show, I, I think that's perfect. Yeah, definitely. So that's what I mean as far as that's the kind of guy I'd hire and I'd keep Howie, um, you know, in in a, a little bit of a different capacity. 215-592-9494. Steve in Tampa. What's happening, Steve? Good morning. Good morning. How's it going, right. Steve? Thanks for hanging, man. Uh, it's chilly, but it's okay. That's good. Um, Are you, uh, how, how, how did you enjoy your uh, your uh, big bucks comeback on, on Sunday? You must have been excited well, with that one. once again, they fell behind, uh, and um, they came back. You know, you got to give them credit. They came back in the second half. I think – A.B. Um, making a big play. I think adjustments were made. And that's one thing I want to talk about the Eagles game. In the second half, the Eagles only scored six points, uh, and I think – Arizona made adjustments, and the Eagles didn't. How do you look at that? Well, I mean, you can also look at it. Arizona only scored seven points in the second half. So, you know, it just kind of – the game just kind of changed, and it'll do that sometimes where the first half – Heavily offensive, second half, um, more of a defensive struggle. Um, and, yeah, the Eagles obviously would have liked to come away with more points. Uh, it's unfortunate they weren't able to pull it out in the end, but I still thought overall um, the offense and the defense played pretty well. I thought special teams cost the Eagles this game. Do you think the team played better in this game than they did against New Orleans? I think Jalen Hurts played better against Arizona than he did against New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I'm not sure about the team as a whole. I'll, I'll tell you what, I – like, I, I'll give the defense credit here. 
Um, I, I thought the defense did a good job. As undermanned as they were, um, yeah. you're starting Michael Jaquette at corner, who actually I thought really held his own and did a nice job. Um, as undermanned as the Eagles were, I thought the defense uh, played really well in this game. I know, but you know, you give up that many points, you're, you're really not going to win most of the time. By the way, um, there was a, um, a, 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 a some talent on the radio station said allegedly hmm. that Jeff Lurie made the decision to start Hertz. Did you ever hear anything like that? Um, I did not hear that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie obviously has say in that decision. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. I mean, I, I've always said I didn't think this was Doug's decision. I think this was coming from higher up. And, um, you know, I don't think Doug was opposed to it. If anything, I think Doug would have done it earlier, to be honest. And do you and, and do you believe that if the Eagles win the last two games, everybody will be back? Uh, what, what, what do you mean by everybody? Do you include Carson Wentz? Everybody. I mean, the GM, the coach, quarterback, everybody will be back. If they win, even if they don't make the playoffs, because the the NFC is so screwed up. At, um, at this point, Steve, I think the most likely scenario is uh, Doug returns, Howie returns, yep. and I I actually do think at this point they are going to trade Carson Wentz. I really do. And how much of a salary cap hit do they take? They would take like a twenty something like twenty eight or thirty million next year if they do it by the second day of the league year, which is like mid March. Um, right. They would take like a thirty million dollar hit next year, but after that, they'd be they'd be free of it. And um, for that reason, I think it would be the right move. I really do. Yeah, I I think so too. But uh, just one other point before I leave you. Sure. Tampa's in the playoffs. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Steve. Appreciate. It. I, I mean, I don't have hatred for Tampa. I I actually like. I don't have this Brady hatred. Most people do. I know. Uh, most people hate Brady, and they get all worked up that he doesn't shake Nick Foles' hand. I just enjoy watching greatness. Like I, I like Brady. I like LeBron. Like I like watching these guys play. So, I respect it, but I'm gonna have to disagree that I like Tom Brady. I like Antonio okay. Brown, Tom Brady. I don't like Antonio Bruce Arians. Like I just think they're all jerks. You don't like Bruce? No. Oh, I'm a big Bruce guy. Really? I'm not a big Bruce guy. Yeah, I like Bruce. I, you know, he's just you know sitting on his back porch drinking a little. Bourbon or whiskey, whatever it is he was drinking in Hard Knocks. I like Bruce. He seems maybe like a down to earth guy. Maybe I could come around on Bruce. Bruce sounds like a. It seems like a fun guy to just you know sit and drink and watch a football game. With. He does seem like a football guy. He is. He is a football guy <laughs> to the extreme. Through and through. I could see Bruce and Dorsey like throwing a few back. All right, all right. I'll I'll step back on uh, on Bruce. But yeah, I, I will not step back on Brady and uh, Antonio Brown. And this is another thing with Dorsey too. Dorsey can bring much more of a football guy vibe oh, to the org- to the front office, which we desperately need. People always mock Howie. He's a pencil pusher, computer nerd. Dorsey, if you watch Hard Knocks, Dorsey is you know Dorsey's a football. Oh, guy. he's a football guy. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, he's got that going for him. And if he brings that to the organization, I, I think that would be good. But, um, yeah, you talk about the Carson Wentz contract situation. We didn't really get a chance to get into that tonight. That'll be obviously um, a big part of the show tomorrow. But, um, you know, we look at the situation. Yeah, you take a hit next year. But after that, man, does it open up the salary cap. And uh, it can allow you to fix a lot of the issues on the roster that uh, people – and this is the thing. 
all the people that are saying things are so bad about around Carson, you got it. Well, as long as you're paying Carson what you're paying him, you're not going to be able to fix those things. So, really, the only way to fix the problems is to trade Carson, reset that rookie cap space, and now you're in a situation where if you do eventually extend Jalen Hurts, that probably doesn't kick in until 2025. And 2022 through 2024, you're looking at years with a good quarterback on a rookie contract with a ton of cap space. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the, the money looks difficult right now, but at a certain point, you kind of have to weigh, like, I, I have to do this for the betterment of my franchise moving forward. I just don't see any way you can go into next season with both quarterbacks on the roster. I just I just don't. Right, and, you know, I, and I heard Peter King actually say this on the afternoon show on Friday. If Carson really, if these reports are right and Carson really wants out so bad, well, they can renegotiate something, and they can figure out a way to make it less of a financial burden on the Eagles, less of a burden on the opposing team uh, that, that's acquiring Carson, and make it work that way. 215-592-9494. Bob and John got you both right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. And just, man, some of these Jalen Hurts statistics that I saw uh, are really impressive. And in a minute, I want to play this Peter King cut from the afternoon show on Friday, and we'll talk to Bob and we'll grow. But uh, Jalen Hurts, some of these stats, and, and, you know, he was great on Sunday in Arizona. It's a shame they didn't win the game, but Jalen Hurts, to bring the Eagles back, was really impressive in those kind of circumstances against a good defense that was coming after him um, with everything they had with, as people have said, a bad offensive line. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was able to make plays and put the Eagles in a position to win that football game. But 338 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, this from Ruben Frank. Jalen Hurts, the first Eagles quarterback to complete seven passes of at least 20 yards since Nick Foles. Against the Texans in 2018. You remember that game? I was there. You were? Yeah, I was at that game. Oh, my. I have a story about that game. <laughs> is, that, it, is it air appropriate? <laughs> yes. Um, and But I'm taking out uh, one of our uh, superiors here. <laughs> Dave Breitmar. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was on the air doing an overnight that morning. Dave calls me. And he's like, man, I'm sick. I can't do the... <laughs> I'm like, I'm on right now, I, I and I, I'm doing the overnight again tonight. I, he wanted me to go do the pregame for him. <laughs> I told him I'd go down, I'd help him set up, and, you know, Dave, I think Dave was faking his sickness a little bit. He, I think he's fine. Uh, I'm sure Dave's not listening right now, but Dave, Dave was fine. Well, if he um, is, I'm, I'm not a part of this, Dave. Right. Dave, Dave is, Dave is uh, you know, the, the lord of the producers is is what we call him. Dave, you know, is, was my remote broadcasting, my remote engineering mentor but yeah that was my story from that game not a great story but just a personal yeah, that was it That's i was very story. well i was very mad at him because he's like he i had to go down and help him after getting done <laughs> overnight it's like he could have handled it himself uh he's just trying to get out of his shift but um first player to complete a uh, seven pass of at least 20 yards since falls in that game hurts said you know two to alshon two to Ertz. The one to Quez Watkins, which, by the way, heck of a play by Quez Watkins. Quez, that was a nasty move. That was move. a great spin move. Oh, yeah. Unlike the Boston Scott, like, slow motion <laughs> slow, spin yeah. move. Uh, that was actually, ripped him for. Yeah, that was actually a great spin move. Um, one to Sanders, one to Rager. Um, this other one, this this is from, I believe, 
I saw Tucker Bagley tweeted this out. Uh, Jalen Hurts finished with over 300 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, passer rating over 100. Carson Wentz has put up those numbers just one time in 68 career starts. Take from that what you will. Do, do we know um, which start that was? Uh, we do not. That's an interesting question. Oh, I bet I you it was the Arizona game in 2017. Um, that's the game I'm assuming. It was. Really? I mean, there was there was a solid stretch in that season where we just destroyed every team that we played. So yeah, it could probably could have been any of those games. Could have been Denver, Denver, but Ajayi had a long run in that game. He did. I yeah. think it was the Arizona because he hit Aguilar and Torrey Smith. Smith for two deep touchdowns yeah. in that game. Yep, good call. So I'm going to guess it's that one. Um, and then this other one from Rube as well. Jalen Hurts four or or has more four plus touchdown games than Carson Wentz does in the last three years. Um, as far as running and passing Total combined. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah, some interesting statistics uh, from Jalen Hurts. But real quick, um, before we get to Bob here, I want to play this sound. This was Peter King on the afternoon show as we, we talk about how the Eagles could make a Carson Wentz trade work if it gets to that point. And, you know, they should be able to work together to make things work for both sides here. Here's Peter King on what he thinks – both sides, side, both sides should do if it is the Eagles' desire and Carson Wentz's desire uh, to have a divorce. And I don't see why that couldn't work for both sides and be mutually beneficial, where that way the Eagles can get out of this situation with less of a cap hit next year. As part of the agreement, they will uh, send Carson to a place where he wants to go, I mean, so they're not just shipping him to, you know, an undesirable destination. So if Carson wants to go to Indianapolis and Frank Reich wants Carson Wentz, then they can send him there, uh, renegotiate the contract where it's less of a hit on Indianapolis because, I mean, let, let's let's face it, even if the Colts like Carson, they'd probably be a little weary of taking on that massive contract for the next four years. And it can kind of work out for both sides, where the Eagles are taking less of a cap hit, the Colts have a more team-friendly contract where they can kind of, you know, build around Carson since he obviously needs to be built around. He, he doesn't seem to be the kind of quarterback who, when you're paying him at this level, you know, can succeed when there's not great things around him. And Carson can go to a place that he wants to go to. It makes sense. Yeah, I think you forgot the most important part, and that's that there's no WIP in Indianapolis. <laughs> that's true. But yeah, Peter King also said that. He said there's no WIP in Indianapolis. So Carson, because apparently we're the reason Carson failed here. Um, By the way, I found which game that uh the, the stat that you were giving me, Tucker. The way you're speaking, it sounds like I wasn't right. You, you were not correct. If I told you it was last season, what would you be able to guess which game it was? Was it Washington? Yeah, week one. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Good job. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, let's go to Bob in Willow Grove. What's up, Bob? Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. I like that optimism of Peter King, which is what I wanted to add. And also, a real quick optimistic comment about the Phillies, but I sure. listen to Ike Reese and Jaworski and, uh, I don't know, Mike Quick and uh, a lot of the players, and they're all – not emotional. They're all. They don't have. A, it's got to be this or I hate him or I. You know, none of this personal stuff. They all really respect both of them. They all think that uh, 
uh, uh, Jalen should finish the season because he's doing so well. And then, as Seth Joyner said, and didn't you agree today, this afternoon, look, competition brings out the best in everybody. And if King's plan doesn't work, and they're both back in the spring, that'll be a one healthy competition, which will bring out the best in both of them. This is what Seth Joyner says, right? and I respect his opinion more than anybody else's. And uh, Ray Diddy agreed with him, so that uh, it's really, in a way, a, a, a benefit of riches here. Well, Bob, uh, I would and, agree. And, I, and they don't have to run, they don't have to argue and back and forth and I hate him, and he hates me, and right. you know all that stuff. Well, Bob, I'd agree in theory, and I don't know this for a fact, but judging by you know the reporting and the leaks coming out, I don't think Carson wants to compete. Like, I don't think Carson Wentz wants to compete for a job. I think Carson Wentz, if he comes back to Philadelphia next year, I think he wants to be given the job. Well, I, I that's not what Joyner thinks. Listen, uh, I, I, an optimistic thing about the Phillies, sure, Dombrowski. Uh, listening to him and some comments, and now that McCann has signed with the Mets, the odds are seeming to, from some of the insiders that I listen to, point to JT coming back here. I think Harper wants it. I think Middleton wants it. I think Dombrowski wants it. I think Joe Girardi wants it. I think JT's coming back, and I, I, I really feel uh, optimistic about that. We'll, we'll see. I hope it happens, Bob. I really do, and I appreciate it, man. Um, th- th- thanks for checking in. I I hope it happens with JT. I just, you know, I don't. I'm I'm just going by what John Middleton has said, and and by what he said, I don't think he's looking to spend a lot of money um, this this off season. You know, he hired Dombrowski. I do think that's encouraging because that's what Dombrowski does is go out and spend money. Um, but uh, you know. I'm just taking it from John Middleton, and he basically said if if he doesn't know what kind of revenue he's going to have, um, you know, he's not going to spend. But the fact that the vaccine's coming, uh, I guess, could could uh, you know change his opinion on that. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. When we get back, we will do our NFL Week 15 recap. Also, maybe time to squeeze in a call or two. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for one more segment here. In a second, Kyle and I will get to our Week 15 recap. But just, you know, talking to Al during the break just about who's going to win this division. It is unbelievable going into the final week of the season. There, there's a real chance the Eagles win this at 6-9-1. Um, if, the, if Washington loses to Carolina, the Giants, I think they need to lose out. At this point, or, or they at least need to lose next week um, when they play. No, the Giants just need to lose next week to Baltimore, and then the Eagles can win can win their last two games and win the division. So uh, all hope is not lost. They just need Carolina to beat Washington, beat Dallas, beat Washington. And the Eagles go in the playoffs, and that would be fun. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out, but still a legit shot uh, that the Eagles end up getting in here. Let's go to Dennis and Mount Laurel. What's up, Dennis? TK, how you doing? What's going on, man? How are you? I was telling Kyle, by the way, that guy never sleeps, does he? No, Kyle. No, Kyle works. <laughs> I feel like Kyle's always here. Uh, in Wentz's last five starts, they didn't score twenty points in one game. What? What was that, Dennis? In in, in Carson's last five starts, uh-huh. starting November, starting November first, they did not score twenty points in any game. 
in 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 his last five starts, he said. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. I mean, the offense was didn't do anything this year with with. It with was Carson. boring. It was terrible. Didn't even want to watch it. This kid comes in and scores more than twenty points in two games in a row, and and really, if we didn't lose our punter, maybe we we win that game yesterday. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, the. the the Eagles, obviously, they were hurt on the extra point, not not having um, yep. Cameron Johnston, and really, I mean, the the block punt was was the difference. I mean, the 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 Eagles special teams basically lost them that game. I thought that the um, defense played well enough. I thought the offense, uh, you know, fought back and scoring twenty six points. Um, I thought was a good effort from them, and uh, yeah, the special teams unfortunately really let you down, and and they've let the Eagles down all year long. Yeah, that fake that fake punt was a bad bad thing for us. But they didn't score on that either. What yes. Was, what was what was uh, Jalen's passer rating yesterday? It was like one twenty, wasn't it? Um, he, it was over a hundred. I believe it was one hundred two. And I appreciate the call, Dennis. Thanks. I totally forgot about the fake punt. I remembered about the block punt and the um, extra point mishap. I totally forgot about the fake punt. But yeah, the um, the special teams let the Eagles down uh, big time yesterday. And, um, you know, it's the worst special teams on an Eagles, uh, you know, worst special teams unit I can remember the Eagles having since, I mean, certainly in the last 20 years um, before 2000 when when Harbaugh got here. Now let's go to uh, former NFL quarterback Glenn Foley uh, checking in. Hey, Glenn, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, Wax? How you guys been? What an unbelievable game uh, by the kid, huh? Yeah, thanks for thanks for chiming in. What did you think of Jalen Hurts' play, Glenn? How impressed are you right now by his play? Very impressed. Very impressed. And in, in, in his poise and his ability to uh, to feel his way through the pocket. He's so much better inside the pocket than Carson is. I'm not going to go statistically speaking because they're two totally different quarterbacks. But when you watch when you watch Hurts drop back, and his receivers are there, boom, the ball's out. And when his receivers aren't there and there's any chaos in the pocket, he's not hanging around. He's out the gate. Now, the, the, the game plans have, have been changed, and I think uh, to the, to the, to the uh, betterment of, of Hurts, but uh, this kid's the real deal. You don't come out in your second and third game and, then, and put up these kind of numbers on the road. Um, so I'm totally sold on this kid. He's got uh, it's a big, it's, it's a good job. Getting the kid now. What are you going to do with Wentz? And you know that's what we want to be talking about. Right. What What would you do, Glenn? If you were in Howie Roseman's position right now, what would you do? I uh, I said it on Angela's show a while back. I I think Wentz is, is has already been dealt. I think someone came in and said, just don't get him hurt. Um, and that may have came down from above. Don't get him hurt this year, and then at least we can trade him in the off season. Um, I think whether it be Indy now again what. The Jets won yesterday. So Jacksonville, the Jets, Indy, these are all teams that, that, that can come in and, and try to swipe them up. Um, but, again, going back to Hurts, totally impressed. Didn't know, didn't know what you had, and this is why you had to play the guy. Absolutely poised, absolutely spectacular in the pocket. His instincts, going from, com, coming from Alabama and Oklahoma as opposed to coming from North Dakota State, it showed and it showed right away. And the kid was fast. He played quick. He was awesome in the pocket. He was awesome when he escaped. The game plan was great. Defensively, special teams-wise, they need, obviously they need to, to, to pick it up. But um, I'm optimistic. This kid is the future. And Carson, I heard him mumbling about something about not wanting to be a backup. Guess what, buddy? 
<laughs> you're out of town now. And that's not because I don't like Carson. This kid fits better. The team reacts better to him. He coaches coach better with him around. He, he, he provided a spark, but he's a really good player, and he's better than Wentz. Yeah, well, I, I agree, Glenn, and I appreciate you checking in, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate no it. problem, buddy. All right, no take guy. it easy. That's Glenn Foley. A little um, uh, didn't didn't expect to hear from a former NFL quarterback. Uh, I didn't either, but you know, when, when a former NFL quarterback calls and wants to give his opinion on our current quarterback, of course, I'm going to put him right up. Of so. course, absolutely. Let's get uh, Malcolm in Havertown uh, as the last caller here. What's up, Malcolm? Hey guys, you hear me? Yeah, got you. What's up, guys? How you doing? I just want to talk about this quarterback situation. Obviously, um, today was. Today was weird. Hurts looked looked really good. I thought. Um, I don't know what's going on with Wentz. Like I, I'm wondering right now what's going to happen with Wentz. Whether you trade him or keep him for next year. I know the guy who just called in was talking about he's basically already dealt and all that. Um, but I don't I don't really know if I'm ready to give up on Wentz yet. Like in terms of the Wentz era being over, I feel like that's just weird. I mean, I know he's been on like a steady decline a little bit, but. Um, I feel like it's a little premature saying, let's just get rid of the guy and go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts has played well. He's played great. He obviously had a great performance against the Saints, number one seed, best defense in the league last week. Um, a pretty good game today, a really exciting football game today against the Cards. But it's like, I feel like in a perfect world, I would probably say next year is like something of a quarterback controversy in camp next year, Wentz versus him. I don't know if I'm ready to get rid of Wentz just yet. Yeah, so, I don't know. No, I, I, no, I hear you, Malcolm. I appreciate the call. I, I just, I don't, I, I well, this, this is the, is the thing. Like, if, if the Eagles selecting Jalen Hurts, if that's the theory that a lot of people have, that the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts somehow caused Carson Wentz to play this bad, how is he going to handle a quarterback competition? Yeah, boo-hoo. Like, when he's got a real competition – I don't think he'd handle that very well. I think Carson Wentz, if you're bringing Carson Wentz back at that contract number, you're bringing him back to be the starter. Like, that's another thing. Like, you talk about, yeah, in theory, it would be great to have a competition, but you're not going to bring Carson Wentz back at this massive number to potentially be a backup. Um, You're only going to bring him back at that contract if you are... Uh, committing to him as the starting quarterback. And if you tell Carson, not only do you have to compete, but we want to restructure your deal to where you're making a lot less money, I highly doubt that's going to go over great. So I don't see that as a realistic possibility. Um, So without further ado, we'll get to our Week 15 uh, recap here. Do it a little quicker today. Uh, we I, I went through the, the Saturday games yesterday. Bills clinched the AFC East um, as Josh Allen looks really good. He, I think I I think I was wrong about Josh Allen. I don't know where you were, Kyle. I yeah, I think I was kind of on the same boat as you. I thought he was just kind of a roller coaster. You didn't know what you would what, what to expect week to week, but dare I say the Buffalo Bills look like a Super Bowl contender? They do. I could see a Buffalo Kansas City AFC Championship game. That would be so much fun. I that think would Buffalo fun. is the one team in the AFC that can compete with Kansas City. Yeah, they're the one team that can score with them. I I I don't think Kansas City fears anybody. No, well they shouldn't. <laughs> right. But I I don't think um they necessarily want to see Buffalo um especially because as a defensive coach, who knows Andy better than Sean McDermott? Yeah, that that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, Buffalo and Kansas City is like my dream AFC championship matchup. Yeah, that'll be fun. So there was that one. And also the Packers beat the Panthers. Packers stay on track to potentially have home field advantage in the NFC playoffs. Um, 
we'll start off with today's action though. In Atlanta, Falcons were up in this game. What was it? Twenty four to nothing. I well, I remember seventeen to nothing, but it could have been twenty four. It could have gotten to that point for all I know. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did uh, you at any point like I, I when I looked at the score and I knew it was seventeen nothing. Did you at any point think that the Bucs were just going to get blown out or they were out of it? Oh, no. Because I, I thought, I actually, like, in my head, I'm like, they're going to come back and win this game. Because, one, Atlanta can never close out <laughs> any game whatsoever. And that's kind of that's kind of been Tampa Bay's M.O. this season. Kind of fall behind a little bit early. And then just all of a sudden, Tom Brady just uh, scratches and claws their way out of it. It's the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are <laughs> one of the saddest franchises in all of sports. Like, think if you're a Falcons fan. Ugh. How close you were to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's... That's probably the most devastating loss in, in sports history. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awful. There. And then the next year, they Georgia was way up in the national championship oh, game. Oh, my goodness. And I... then Tua brought them back. Oh, and the game Jalen Hurts was benched. Um, but uh, the Bucks come back. Brady to Antonio Brown uh, on the game-winning touchdown. Bucks now are 9-5. and five, Falcons 4-10. and 10. Bucks uh, pretty much clinch a playoff spot. They are going to be... Uh, getting one of those wild card spots, um, maybe, and still play for the division, I believe, as well at I this point. Think, yeah, New Orleans now has four losses. Is that right? Yes, ten and four. So yeah, they're just a game behind, but they did. Uh, they got swept by New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans yeah. beat them uh, twice, and the so second time uh, was ugly. So they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to surpass them in the right. win column. Uh, next up, Dallas and the 49ers. Uh, Cowboys win this one 41-33, uh, which is a score we all like in this town. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even make that. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. I there, didn't even think about that. There you go. Um, but not much to add to this one. Both teams 5-9. and nine. Probably good for the Eagles. Cowboys, hey, keep winning games um, yeah. and hurt your draft <laughs> position. That is true. I think this game had... Uh... This was some late-game electricity here. C.D. Lamb took an onside kick to the house, and then with no time left, the Niners uh, connected on a Hail Mary. Yeah, so, so uh, good for some fantasy points and for overbetters. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, in Tennessee, Titans uh, crushed Detroit 46-25. Titans now 10-4. and Lions 5-9. and Another big day for Derrick Henry. It's his time of year in December. Derrick Henry just threw another absolutely disrespectful stiff arm. He is the scariest. Like, can you imagine having to try to tackle him? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, like, late in the game, too, after you're already beat up. Horrifying. Oh, my God, forget it. Just horrifying. Next up in Indianapolis, Colts win 27-20. Um, Texans were going in at the end of this game, and Kiki Cutie, Cutie, yeah, I don't know how to say his name, but know. he fumbled into the end zone, and Indianapolis recovered it. Uh, they are now 10-4, and and... Um, should win the AFC South. Well, actually, them and the Titans, uh, both neck neck. still neck and neck. But I believe Colts Colt swept them. Swept yep. them, right? So um, Carson Wentz's possible future team uh, <laughs> should win that division. But we all keep saying that he's going to go somewhere totally obscure that we never would have guessed in a million years. You know where uh, he's going to end up going? New, New England. England. Yeah, oh, why? Uh, that, that's where he's going to end up going. Oh, but um, Belichick will think he can fix him. Yeah, and, uh, McDaniel's that might, yeah. not, might not be too terrible of a fit. But Deshaun Watson, man, poor guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's sad. Yeah, no, that is rough. Um, next up in Miami, Dolphins beat the Patriots twenty-two to twelve. Dolphins down nine and five. Patriots five and nine. The Patriots will not be going to the playoffs in the first time since what? Oh eight. I guess. Uh, no, they they made it no eight, didn't they? No, that they was the year Brady and five? got hurt. They right, they missed. It oh, but they year. missed it eleven and five. Right. Oh my god, yeah. Huh. No, I guess it is. They uh, this game was 
it was pretty close for a while, and then I guess the Dolphins pulled ahead. They're a pretty quiet five and nine or nine and five, don't you think? Uh, yeah, they are. They are, and they're still in the mix. Probably will get a wild card spot, but th- those AFC wild card spots are are highly contested. Right yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. Um, that's gonna ne- be fun. Yeah, it is. Next up, uh, in Minnesota, the Bears beat the Vikings thirty-three twenty-seven. Um, they are now seven and seven. Uh, Vikings six and eight. It looked a couple weeks ago like the Vikings were gonna go to the playoffs, uh, but they have kind of imploded over the last few weeks here. Yeah, about back-to-back thirty-point performances by the Chicago Bears. Not on Mitch Trubisky's back, but on the back of David Montgomery. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, Michael Lombardi I, still calls him MVP Mitch because people were <laughs> uh, talking about him possibly being an MVP candidate oh last my year. God, uh, going into the season. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't think I've ever been that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up in Washington, Seattle hangs on twenty to fifteen. Seattle always plays close games. They're now ten and four. Washington six and eight. The loss enables the Eagles to uh, stay in the mix here. Those enablers. Well, um, yeah, this one seems kind of like a game where if Alex Smith plays, Washington maybe wins. Haskins had a couple picks in this. He one. was brutal. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> He's so bad. In Baltimore, Ravens pound the Jaguars forty to fourteen. Jags one and thirteen. Ravens nine and five. What a day for the Jags! Nothing they got to be feeling here. great. <laughs> they are now in line with just two more losses to get Trevor Lawrence. We'll get to more when we get uh, to the Jets. It's the greatest uh, thirty-six point loss, twenty-six point loss in NFL history. Yeah, and you know, in LA, we'll get to the Jets now. Jets beat the Rams twenty-three twenty. They're now one and thirteen in in line for the second overall pick. Rams nine and five, and as we talked about earlier. I think it really is, Kyle, the worst win in the history of the NFL. It is. You know what? You know what their issue was? Probably should have kept Greg Williams around, throw another zero blitz out You know what? You're right about that. Absolutely. Um, But uh, Trevor Lawrence is the best college prospect I've seen um, maybe ever as a quarterback, most polished. And, um, you know, man, that's that's terrible to lose out on him. The AFC East, if, uh, well, I guess not anymore, but if the Jets were to get Lawrence... It would have been everybody but New England with quarterbacks. Yeah. You know who I could also see for New England, by the way? If Sam Fran were to like Wentz or another quarterback, maybe Jimmy G goes back. Jimmy G goes back. I could see that, too. Um, Next up in New Orleans, really game of the day here. Chiefs beat the Saints 32-29. Chiefs 13-1. They stay lined up for the bye and home field in the AFC while the Saints fall to 10-4. Um, I didn't see much of this game because I was watching the Eagles. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I got to watch more of it, but I remember last week you and I were saying, oh, this seems like a, a typical game that Andy Reid would lose. I think uh, I think it's time to put that to rest. I think that was an Eagles-Andy Reid thing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, who do they play next? Um, the Chiefs have two more games left. They have the... Uh, they have the Falcons and the Chargers. Yeah, I don't see them. Maybe the Chargers week 17, but not if they need it. Ugh. I don't Man, think they will need it. I think they just got to beat the Falcons, and then they get the tiebreaker on. Yeah, they'll on have that. Uh, they'll have the bye week, and then rest in their starters for Week 17. Now, I was thinking about this the other day. Justin Herbert and Patty Mahomes could uh, could give us some very entertaining matchups oh, for the yeah. next like ten or so years. Absolutely, the Chargers' job. Everybody's going to want that job. That could be uh, that could be Eric Bieniemy's next stop after oh, Kansas City going up against the Andy. division. Yep, that's good uh, drama right there. I could see that now. Sunday night. The Browns beat the Giants twenty to six. Browns now ten and four, the team that John Dorsey helped build. 
Um, Giants now five and nine. Joe Judge, a ridiculously coached game, one of the worst fake field goals I, I've seen. Yeah, they would have been better off flexing the Jets and the Rams into this spot. Right, <laughs> it was it a was. better game. Yeah, I think Ricky had said it before I came on. We, they should just have the Jets and Jags play. And <laughs> yeah. you can't do whoever loses. That was me that said it. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the Lawrence sweepstakes. And it, but, but they have to try to win the game. Yeah, like, they have to win Whoever wins it. that game, that would be fun. That would be good. And then uh, Monday night tonight, Kyle, what do you like? You got uh, Steelers at Bengals. Not a very intriguing game. But Steelers, 14.5-point favorites on the road. Before, I was thinking maybe a Bengals cover. I don't know. I I, I, the Steelers got a couple. Steelers this. need a big win, man. Yeah. And I think against Cincinnati, <laughs> like they like to embarrass the Bengals. I think this is the perfect spot for that. So Right, coming off back-to-back losses. Yeah, they, I would go Steelers. They haven't been able to embarrass the Browns the way they normally do, so <laughs> yeah, the Bengals. going to take it out on, on Brandon Allen and the Bengals. Right. Um, so that will do it for the show tonight. I'll be back on tomorrow in for Big Daddy once again. Thank you to Kyle Quinn. For producing, next up, we'll talk to Al for the Overlap Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.